recorded live. Black Power, Beauty 48, my hotel. Welcome to Feet on the Ground Radio. It's your brother, Born. I'm going to get it in tonight. Think Tank Thursday. We start off with the praise to the ancestors, praise and eternal glory to God, the Mormon spirit, Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, all of spirit, this is Andrew Hammond. What do you do out there tonight, man? We got open line is live out here tonight. Open line. Um, uh, you know, it's Big Tank Thursday and open line tonight, so, you know, you come down with your African thoughts, you know, come on, lay them on in um, with the people, you know what I'm saying, we're going to have a, a variety of topics tonight, you know, uh, put some clarity down on a, on a few things, and just uh, get some answers and identify some trouble spots, identify some ways to clear them up, you know, and just um, work hard to be for Hodier, that's our main thing, so I'm opening them up. Chat room up right now. And see who I got out there. And we get this thing really rolling. Um, let's pick rolling. Give it on the topic. You know. See him open the chat room up. So I got out there. The family already lined up and lined in there. Um, All right, so I got that open right now. It just uh, rocked out hard. All right, boom, boom, boom. That's popping. But as I said, family, you know, it's the. September just started. You know, we're coming to an end of this uh, uh, African summer. It's been a, a strong summer. We've had a, a lot of um, steps forward. And it's a BB for Hodier. And, and mainly when I say step forward and strive towards our African freedom, that these things are made through our. Uh, the amount of effort we've been putting out here to change the paradigm from which we live in. So that's the main thing that uh, we need to be pounding on, and it's what we're seeing being driven home right now. Uh, we see that our people are coming back, you know, things rolling like a, in, a, uh, in a cycle. You know what I mean? So since things roll in a cycle, Um, so since things roll in the cycle, you know, we're coming back around to this uh, spirit of freedom, spirit of movement, spirit of going forth, uh, of strength, and making sure that we um, do what we need to do for our ancestors. Uh, and one thing that I want to say is that uh, Sister, Sister Patia actually um, said something that really, she um, wrote something on Facebook that I, that I took, you know, notice of where she spoke on what she did. She spoke on us as a people, 
and the people that we are as a people, as being these are survivors of that sojourn across that Atlantic Ocean. And she just spoke of the warrior nature that you had to have in your period to even survive a uh, travel like that, something of that magnitude, to go through something of that magnitude and survive it. That shows an extraordinary strength, you know what I'm saying, as just as a, a person alone on what we can persevere, will persevere, and get through, and not only get through them, but um, move move forward with strength. And, you know, I don't know if you want to call it dignity, but move forward with strength and still have a knowledge of, of um what we need to do and where we need to go, no matter how strong, you know, this whooping game has been put on us. Because we have been whipped. But no matter how hard the whip has been on us, we have not shaken the idea of being a uh, an African. This idea is not shaken. It has not been shook from us. You know, we see that even in the formulation of, of certain groups here. When they started to create uh, fraternal orders and things of that nature, a lot of them started off with a theme of Africa. A lot of people didn't know the, uh, what would they call the Prince Hall Lodge and Freemasonry started off as the African Lodge, you know, where they, were, where, uh, they wanted to strive to keep that African theme with the people. So, you know, and um, that's always been, as I said, that's always been with us. And it's just whether or not we're going to stand on that. You know, you can't, we can't hide from being African, straight up. An uh, elder said something to me earlier today, and, I, and it just made me think of it, how some of us have um, gotten to a point where we, won't, we don't want to be associated with being that black. You know, uh, and this is in regards to, a dashiki I was wearing, and the brother said something. He said, well, you know, we're bringing it back. He said, nah, I ain't trying to go back to that. So why not? He said, nah, nah, I just ain't trying to go back. And so I just looked at him, and I thought to myself, yeah, he's just not trying to go back to black. Because I can see the mannerism of where he's at right now. He don't want to rekindle that thought of something going wrong that he had when he was in his youth you know, in the 70s, so that make it hard for him to go to work. Now, I mean, it makes it hard for him to do certain things when you have in your mind exactly what the fuck we've been, we've been through and what's going on as of right now. And certain type of um, God, it always it evokes an emotion and it evokes a type of response and a thought. So, you know, um, we're glad to just see that family is moving back into a partner, and we're glad to see some Negroes are scared of it because they keep them from, uh, they keep them in, in a position where we need them to be at, out there in front where we can see you. You know what I mean? We don't need to uh, continue. We don't need this continuance of uh, the undercover agent, you know what I mean, walking amongst us freely and not having been punished for the, for the crimes that they've committed against the family. So we're going to have to work at that. You know, I know it's going to be a hard task to complete, but I'm saying that if we are diligent at it, then we will clear 
our community or those who even have an inkling and thought to want to, to uh, co-op whatever mission we're on or want to work with the enemy. But along with that, though, our number one priority must not be the destruction of our own people or the shaking out of our own people in order to keep them from telling on us. What we have to do is take out those who they can tell too, because this is uh, this will always be a reoccurring thing if we don't take them out, because they will always pay the next chunk. You know what I mean? They will always have a program to create the next chunk to to uh, treat us wrong. You know, and so that's something that we have to be very very mindful of in this 2015 that when we're looking out and we want to get rid of those who are enemies amongst us, we must always keep in mind that there is a puppet master and without and without someone to tell too, nobody can tell on you. So we're going to have to, you know, we get rid of the tattletales, but also what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get rid of the teachers. We're going to have to get rid of the teachers, the one who pulled the strings. And once we do that, we'll see that that slowly isolation will kill uh, any any uh, pieces of uh, you know anybody who's still lingering to those thoughts that we don't we don't need to be free of it. We need to have some uh, white leader, you know, slowly through isolation they'll kill themselves off because once they have no cracker to go to, then you know what I mean. Either they have to align with us or they will die on their own all out alone on the island. Because so that's where they'll put themselves. We won't even have to put them there because we'll just be too black, too strong. But that being said, no black cloud, what's going on out there tonight, family? What's up, brother? Man? Black power, brother. Black power, family. How are you? Oh, man, just shaking my head, man. Shaking my head, but. I'm happy that I'm, I'm I'm tuned in to some 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 like-minded people right here, man. Because a lot of our people, man, I'm not going to even call them our people, man. A lot of individuals, period, man. They on that that that. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it, family. We, we're gonna get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, you know, family, we we gearing on, not pulling on in on this thing. Take Thursday night. Like it's an open it's an open line, an open thought tonight. You know, we will put thoughts on the table, clear them up, see how we can. You know what I mean? Just put in pieces tonight how we can resurrect ourselves, you know, check the lines, make sure that we're holding the line, not towing, not tiptoeing the line. We're holding it. Uh-uh. Is that the sister out there, Black Power? Let's see if that's the sister out there. Black Power family. Be before OVA. Ah, what it do out there tonight, sister? I'm right where the suit's in at right now. I'm utterly disgusted, but like this, we we will get into it. Oh, uh, man, uh, all right, I'm right to get filled in. Brother Little out here, Brother Little out here, I see him out here, you know, but we're getting it in nice and packing it in tight right now. Well, I see our sister McKee out there. You know, um, mm-hmm. we got the guests in the chat room chopping it up. They talking about people that we know know we know nothing of. 
You know, they said the black power love, but we know nothing of a, a Keith Bochamp. I don't know nothing about no Keith. Who was that? I don't know nothing of other, other people that he, he's speaking of. So that's just something totally different. Um, anyway, as I said, you know, we're going to have to make sure that we stay uh, afloat and, and, and the things that we were speaking on was, on. you know, we just want to get back to the returning back to the ancestors, returning to the elders' works, returning to that which is um, going to keep us great, making sure that we keep the um, dirt off our goddamn uh, shoes, you know, it's a, uh, a lot of dirt to get on us. And making sure we tighten up our individualistic, our individual selves in order for us to unify better. That's what I think that it needs to be making sure that we stay attuned, we stay with the tune-up of our own self, you know, and that's uh, physically and mentally, but we have to make sure that we tune ourselves up. You know what I mean? That's, that's always taking in some new information, breaking it down, gaining some new knowledge, low research over here, uh, you know, little punching bag work over there, you know, little jog down the street right now, little conversation with the babies, conversation with the elders. You know, um, those are some things that in the community will spark back our, uh, you know, our sense of well-being. You know, you get set, you get set in a good place when people speak to you in your community, you know what I mean? A lot of the children, they're walking by. Uh, a lot of the adults don't speak to the youth when they walk by. You know, they just let them walk by. Don't say hi to them. Don't know that you look, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. Got my eye on you. How you doing? You know what I'm saying? They don't speak to the elders enough. See them walking down the street. You know, just speak to them. Let them know. Got my eye on you, too. You know, you if you need anything, uh, you can always, uh, you know, call on me. You know, you can stop by and things of that nature just to let them know that we are, uh, to, to put them at ease because we're in this, gener- where we have this, where they talk about the generational gap, where we have, where we want to bridge that gap. That's the bridge that you got to do. You just got to let them know that you care for them. That's on the strength of caring for them and not for no other reason. I say that I agree with that. Oftentimes, just, being um, respectful and just speaking to elders. You know, I had a, a nice encounter this evening at the 99-cent store. You know, I'm getting my little snacks and so forth, and there was uh, two elders, you know, black queens ahead of me in line. I went on, and, you know, oftentimes as young people appear to be people. And just by me saying, you know, no, y'all go ahead. And even though, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I had other things to get as well, but just that simple, you know, acknowledgement. People want to be recognized. People want to be, you know, there was a saying, uh, uh, remember that, what the fuck was that movie? Uh, it was a saying that it's like 17 million people stay in Los Angeles County. And a motherfucker died on 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 uh, on a metro uh, train or something like that. And this motherfucker, ran, he rolled around, I remember this shit, but this shit was really based on the statistics. He rolled around for damn near half the day before somebody knew that this motherfucker was dead. And I let you know that motherfuckers have uh, 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 well, not not empathy. Is that the word I'm looking for, brother born? Yeah. Empathy, empathy. No, not empathy. Empathy is when you have when you feel for others. You're apathetic. You know, for oh yeah. You know, you know. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People are yeah. The people are apathetic. Yeah, the people are apathetic, but they are not sympathetic or empathetic either. Right. 
Yeah, they prefer to videotape you, you know, and stopping you. Mm-hmm. But, Brother Nicker, you mentioned in that story, I do recollect seeing that. I do recollect seeing that story um, right there before. Um, and her tale of the stories is almost the same. Um, one in New York where a woman was feeding to death um, on the bridge in front of, like, it's rush hour traffic. Got beat to death while everybody watched. And, and the thing was when the police gathered all the people up, all the witnesses they could get and started asking them why they didn't help out, they all were saying, well, I thought somebody else was going to help out. They asked, well, why didn't y'all call the cops? I thought somebody else was going to call the cops. You know, people into the, you know, you know, they're like, well, I was just minding my business. That's all. I didn't want to get involved in that. That wasn't my business. Right. But then other areas that you should mind, Joe, where you think people should mind their business, it appears that they don't. So it's, so it's like, that mean that means society even control to some extent how you should feel about certain aspects of daily living. You know what I'm saying? They've numb they've numbed society, you know what I'm saying, to some extent, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what they're able to do is study. Right in front of people's faces. And then they mm-hmm. did a case study. They did their case studies, but they did like a case study with domestic violence, for example. And they did this a white couple in Europe. And when the man was arguing with the woman and when he was getting a little physical, the people were more and more and more in tune, you know, to what the fuck was going on and was stepping in the shit, you know, before it got physical. But when she was whooping his ass, they were laughing. Now, this is indicative of European culture. You see what I'm saying? This this, this is a European experiment done in Europe by Europeans. But it even show you how extent them motherfuckers get, you know. They're even... um. Culture is really the best way to create and predict behavior. Mm-hmm. So when you can keep people, people of ancient, you know, ancestry like African people, we're the architects of culture, and culture has been the best manifestation to show how we, you know, how we live and survive. But Europeans are caught up in creating false cultures, which we know as mm-hmm. uh, norms. Uh, 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 you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, but you're going. And you're saying you're saying that about um, inventing the cultures. I got one that I'm gonna. I got a little something I'm gonna put on. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna read this passage from a book. But just give me a give me a couple moments before 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 we get off. I'm gonna make sure that I read this about the culture. Because like you said, the Europeans create a false culture. And most of it is based upon their primal nature. And as you said before, you know, um, when we spoke one time, he was like, you know, the European don't give credit to the dog for for civilization, for how he became civilized. And that false culture is really predicated upon that pack mentality that the Caucasian gave us. Right. And, and that's the best way to study a cracker lynch mob. You see a, a, a lone dog walking by itself. It's got a different behavior when you see a pack of dogs together. You ever notice that? <laughs> mm-hmm. They, yeah. they get awfully brave. 
Uh, you're right about that. Now, I got to bring this up because it fit the context of our discussion, right? Now, I'm I'm talking to a Negro on the chat. We chatting on some on some posts on on some YouTube videos, right? And he's bringing up polite, and I'm like, brother, wasn't this the same Negro who last year was talking about a, a ancient eight, you know, at an alien convention, and now a year later he's a specialist on comedic science and evolution? I said, brother, study motherfuckers before you jump on the train. Mm. He he gonna respond back. He gonna respond back and say, "Aren't we ancient aliens on this planet?" I just laughed to myself, and then he came with this whole little rebuttal. But his first sentence was the most omitting. The brother said, "Aren't we? Aren't we ancient? Aren't we ancient aliens on this planet?" And I'm like, okay, nigga, what the fuck does the word alien mean? <laughs> Foreign. Not of this kind, right? Mm-hmm. How can you be an alien on this planet? Do you understand my logic when I say that? Mm-hmm. That don't make sense. An alien, you stand out from the planet. If anything, you wouldn't. You an alien on this planet would be something that cannot integrate into the natural order of this planet because it's what alien. And that's best example I give. Y'all would be very hard for it to survive. You a cracker. Y'all a cracker. That's what I'm exactly what I'm to say. If you talk to aliens, if you talk about the cracker, the one whose son don't like. Because if you, because that's, that's the easiest way to put it. When the son don't like you, then you must be alien to this. Because if you were, if you weren't, if you weren't alien, then everything here, everything here accommodates us. Let me put it like that. Everything right. on the planet here accommodates us. So this shows that we are not alien to the planet, but we are original to the planet. You know what I mean? That we are teaching it. And if we didn't, if we didn't, then we could start to say that we were alien. If we went outside and our sun burned like how the crackers burned, then maybe we could say that. If we couldn't breathe the air properly, maybe we could say that. If we couldn't process the food on the planet properly, maybe we could say that. But when you got crackers who got to make hybrid carrots, Got to make hybrid, you know, every everything. Got to change everything to something else in order for them to be able to, to, um, to eat it. Right. And, and and I've heard, you know, putting myself in enemy's path, going into the universities, staying there and lingering there. I heard crackers even say, make around. Do you know... Black people are the only people who seem to evolve from the Earth's own evolution. Listen how you're using, listen how you're using evolution. He's not using it how niggas are using it now. He's not even using it from a Darwinian perspective. Because a Darwinian perspective looks at the shit as the individual species evolving. Listen how the cracker said it. Black people are the only people who seem to evolve from what? The Earth's own evolution. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we came with it. Now the kind of niggas are here. The two terms evolution is like, see, 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 we evolved. That is what you need to focus on. What he's saying is that we've been here since the earth has been in creation. Exactly. There was no period where the earth was here and then the, the life forms that came were later. We evolved during the Earth's own evolution. That means when the goddamn mountains were started, when lava was created, when when uh, uh, water, uh, humans were here. Africans were here. 
In that, it, the, what's the proof, Mekara? If we were aliens of this planet, why do we have damn near every element of this, every element in the, in the periodic table in our motherfucking DNA? And we we make use of the most the most basic one, carbon. And the first three, the first three is what hold our DNA together. Yes, sir. And that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like, be part of the planet, you can tell. Because you, you, it's, what, what's outside of us on this planet is inside of us on this planet. Right, and I, you know that's my little rap from for for now on that subject. But I just had to say it because what he didn't know is he omitted that he knew no history by just making a silly comment like that. You know, I'm trying to aren't we? You know, the only way a nigga like polite can convince you of that is if you don't know history yourself. You know what I'm saying? Let me and I had to say let me fall back wait till I wait till I go build with my, my teammates on my show because that's what we we be breaking down more topics more because we just go into the shit. Feel me? And we and, 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 and we seem to be have an imprint, you know, on how history functions and how that shit works. So Yeah, man. A lot of these motherfuckers don't you can hear what they choose to talk about. And how the, and how it should affect us now. As if it didn't, ha- as if, if it, you know, I, I I can't explain it, but they they confess their ignorance to history when they make certain comments. I say, and and I like to add on in there that it needs to be clear that polite is a Nuwabi. Out of his own mouth, he basically said that the New Covenant was like the financial branch of the Nuwabis. There is no difference. What? Oh, can you ain't see that that, that video? Oh, hell <laughs> the last no. one. I'm gonna put it in. The, in fact, I did put it in Hangout. Uh, I'm gonna have to check that shit out. Oh yeah, you know he all fucked up about being punk. The truth coming out of him, and he don't, you know, he don't mean to. But you know, when you get caught up in your emotions and shit like that, shit slip. Mm-hmm. I was checking the show. Go to the New Covenant website. I'll go to the New Covenant website. All he's talking about is money on it. No, I've been saying this. I've been saying that's all it is because you can go to the back of a fucking Malachi D. York book and on the back of the book, this shit say New Covenant. I'm telling you, I know I got one of these scrolls still in here somewhere. I'm going to find it. Take a picture of the back. Well, I, you probably could look online. I, I, I. Um, uh, my rest of my books downstairs. I found moved and shit, so anything not up here, I got to get that other box of books. But I'm telling you, so I already knew what it was, and then I seen the young boy out there with, with um, uh, with with Sarnetta talking that shit. The young new walking, he was like, "Yo, I'd like you to come on home, but I ain't gonna talk about that right now." Whoopie whoop whoop whoop. And then the nigga say that shit about, well, you know, polite, I told him about Dr. York and how great he was. And I said, oh, nigga, just, you're slipping. You're slipping, see? And you know, you're slipping. 
But that's how, you know, uh, we're able to be infiltrated and how and and um our BB Fahodia our, our dreams of a BB Fahodia are able to be co opted, you know. Motherfuckers seeing how the youth were waking up, feeling this red, black and green R B G and they wanna come and pimp that. I don't see he is no different to me than Pork Chop Hagen. Hell yeah, he's a capitalist. It's funny because these motherfucking non-profit religion groups and money seem to be synonymous with one another. Y'all making this connection and shit? The nigga don't talk politics. And he talks about... I mean, look at the fucking symbols on this on this organization. They're all religious in context. Every they one are. of them. They're, they're food. They yeah, hey, brother. Let me ask something real quick, family. Is that shit a 501c3? Nah. That's over here. Mason Org, man. That's an org. That shit is like a large. That new company shit is like a large out of the new Rockians, man. It's like a little special large, man. The niggas giving out motherfucking large degrees in there, man. You can tell people going through the ranks in there. They putting them through, through motherfucking ranks and all that shit, man. Trust this is just another Masonic order, a new one. This is the new, new Masonic order. You see how Dr. York was? Well, this nigga have on all type of Masonic goddamn regalia. This nigga had like 720. Fuck 360 degrees. This motherfucker was 720. So you know when a nigga gets 720 degrees or some shit, nigga, you done went way far in back. Yep. And even when he was... Brother Nicola, uh, the brother line dropped. He said, "You said Malachi had two. He had two lifetimes worth of knowledge." Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, Bob Dew went and got three dollars and six dimes. <laughs> yeah, I know three hundred and sixty, but when the nigga dropped seven twenty, he just went beyond anything anybody else can grasp. Well, go ahead, brother Nicaragua, you dropped. Brother Nicaragua. Yeah. Black Power, yeah, I got booted off. But um, even when Malachi grew up for wear Egyptian Bergalia, he would still have on Masonic symbols. Mm-hmm. That's what Seti was chewing his ass up with. The nigga, why are you wearing the crown of Lord Egypt, which is a saw, and then you got a motherfucking Masonic symbol of Merlin on that motherfucker? Look, go look at it. When he holding the 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 the, the, the uh, 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 the rod and our staff, yeah. just like a star. Look at the top of his crown. That's disrespectful. So like you like like brother Bonner said, he's a man of uniform. Mm-hmm. You can just look at Google images and, and type in his name and look at all his uniform. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He does it with Galgan. 
You know what I'm saying? And see, and see how people are drawn to symbols and shit. You know what I'm saying? Our people are symbolic people. We have, it's embedded, it's encoded with inside our DNA to be attracted to certain signs and symbols. So you can whip shit over us if you put the right sign, a symbol on you. That's what I'm but I'm telling y'all this. This is this is the facts. I know we are guided by this shit because almost everything that you have of of some work, right? Trust me, is almost everything that you got to work is is built on. It's either a square or it's a um it's a elongated square or a rectangle. All your books, your wallet, your goddamn pack of duchess. You got their TV, remote control to the TV, your telephone, your computer, whatever the fuck, your doorway, when you go in your goddamn door, you don't got round doors, you got oblong doors, they, they, you know what I'm saying, they're elongated squares, almost everything is built on that goddamn premise right there. And what this does is it attracts us to it and makes, this why people, this why people hold packs of cigarettes in their hands so much. That's why a person have a remote control and just hold the remote control. You'll have a lighter and just hold the lighter. Not for no other reason, but just to have it in your hand because the the shape of it, it got a certain type of uh, magnet, magnetization to, to us. Watch these jokers when they're playing these signs and symbols on your ass. Got to watch But just think, take Thursday. It's an open line tonight. Y'all come on in, add on. You know, you got something good that you you know you, you got a thought in your mind that you want to put out to the family. You know, and, and let it get out there and see what the family think about it. Please do add on. If not, if you hear something going, if you hear somebody speaking on something and it's going down or something that you you want to add on, just uh you know chime in friendly like, and we'll let you go ahead and speak. If you don't chime in friendly, or if you un-African, your ass will get the boom. You will be knocked out the box. So always be aware of that when you call in over here. Keep it African. Goddamn right. When they say, well, why do you do that? Why do you guys on Fear on the Ground be so hard on un-African guests? Because goddamn it, white folks got media that's 24-7. White, 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 white. And even though we're on one of their broadcasts, we control and dictate the policies of progression that take place on this show. And by being able to do so, we, we you know, we bring an essence. And that essence is pro-black, African first, second, and third. You don't like it, you know. You can tune your ears off for the next three, four, five hours. But God damn it, when you're black and you're in America and you're living in a white society with 24 hours of white media and you can only tune in Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays to get some real black motherfucking feedback, hey, man, you know what it is. I say, turn your ass on me. Fuck a cracker. Period. Right, right power. Oh, this, this where we living at. Y'all hear that in the background? That's where we living. We living here. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> by the way, that's New Orleans. South oh, Falls, you hear, that you hearing? Already. You know what I'm saying? That's how we living. What's going on? Black power out there, family. What's what you do out there in New, uh, in New Orleans? And matter of fact, man, you know we gave a salute to the family out there. We know that 
we know that the anniversary of the Bush Brown Massacre just passed. You know what I'm saying? And I know the family's still down there rebuilding. So, you know, what's going on out there, family Black Power? Man, look, I went to the Katrina 10. They had Nancy Pelosi out there. Um, um, our senator, the white man, Cassidy, I, I, I checked them, like made them talk to me, right? Man, when they when I leave out the out the forum where I was checking the polit the white politician, man, do you know six niggas was waiting outside to fight me? Black people. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I had to get into a whole scuffle and everything. I'm telling you it was real, dog. <laughs> Our people fucked up, man. And, Yo, uh, brother, you know, did you lay them motherfuckers down, brother? Man, look. <laughs> did you make I them go night night? I got into the scuffle with one of them and Police start coming and shit, so you know, longevity is the key. You feel me? I because I ain't trying to spend my money on no bail. Already. So I tell you this though, I've been listening for about thirty or forty minutes, man. And you know, I respect the minds on the show, and I just wanted to add one thing, man. You know, I I'm not even really, you know, I'm not even worried about no crackers no more. I'm convinced that we got to start cutting some niggas' heads off. For real. That's where I'm at with it. Like, the overseer is vicious out here, man. Nah, you know, we we spoke on that. You're saying that. This brother, this brother, I know who the shit is, but we spoke on that earlier, and we saying that, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we got some, we got some agents amongst us that's going to have to get taken care of. And we're going to take yeah. care of them. We're going to have to take care of them agents. Who, you know, what we're going to have to, once we take care of them, we're going to have to go ahead and cut the top man head off. Because we, yeah, like, we well, you know, we already know. Like like you said, we ain't even at the, the cracker is just an ingrained thought that you know that this is the ultimate enemy. So in the midst of what we're doing, we got so many of these motherfucking infiltrators that's fucking our shit up that they're going to have to get dealt with in a, in a mannerism that's going to keep other motherfuckers from even looking at the little pieces of gold and trinkets that the motherfuckers can throw you or keep them from even looking over that way. Black power. Yeah, for sure. But like, you know what I'm trying to what I'm trying to point out specifically though is that man like you know on a daily basis where I'm at down here like it comes to the point where I'm put in a situation where I got to fuck a nigga up and then you know the repercussion to that is I got to deal with the system after I do that you know what I'm saying and so like I ain't you know like I'm not messing with no cat that ain't about roll call. You feel me? That's where we at. Like, if you can't, if you ain't standing up, speaking emphatically, you know about about what we talking about. I, I can't deal with you. Period. You feel me? And you enemy off top. Like I'm designating it. You know what I'm saying? Now I could disagree with a brother on how we might need to move or something. As long as we got the same end goal. But like, man, these cats lost out here, man. I can't get these niggas to see that every time they support an NFL franchise, they basically, um, they basically enslaving themselves. Man, I done figured out that the that the that the NFL owners, they control the local politics in every city that they're in, bro. Man, tell them the group. Man, where you're from, man, and come keep that truth, bro. I'm from New Orleans. Let me tell you, I can prove to these niggas with empirical data that Tom Benson, the owner of the Saints, first of all, New Orleans is a chocolate city. I'm 43 years old, right? We never had no black, 
no white mayor, no white city councilman, none of that shit since like I was three years old, right? So this this cat come here from Ohio named Arnie Philco and was a, a general man, a, a high up executive with the Saints, right? He he leave the Saints and come and run for city council at large and win in New Orleans, the Pearl of Louisiana. You heard me? Where you get to control a lot of shit like the port and the tourism and everything, right? Which mm-hmm. is unheard of for somebody not from here to win that seat. So people didn't even see the connection that he left. <coughs> Excuse me. He came here to work for the Saints. Then he left the Saints and went straight to city council at large and won because the, the votes were bought. So before he leaves office, he starts endorsing this white chick named Stacy Head, cave bitch. And now she's city council at large. And last election, I was really involved because I wanted to see what the fuck was really going on. And all the niggas I saw that was working for her told me, man, look, B, I got to eat. So, you know, she paid me $2,000 to do this or that or this or that, whatever. So they just buying out down here and they using the money that they generating from the, the franchise. So every time you buy a Saints jersey, a Saints ticket, any any NFL ticket, you know, like in the larger market, it's not so prevalent because, you know, you got other influences. But in these small markets like New Orleans, St. Louis, Cincinnati, you know, um, Denver, man, yeah. them NFL franchises are are literally controlling the local politics of the city, period. And so what we got to do, man, is we got to um, digress from all that shit. All of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you know, that's like, you know, that's like wearing a condom because you want to be careful, but then you're still doing oral sex. That's that's ridiculous. You feel me? Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, what we got to do, man, is we got to keep pumping. Like, I be listening to the show sometimes. I don't have a lot of I'm back in school. I'm trying to get me a law degree, man. So I'm back in school, and I be busy sometimes. But when I be sitting there, sometimes I be listening. You know, the crowd on this show, man, everybody seems to be on the same level in terms of, you know, wanting a true resurgence. But what we got to do is start pumping to our people that you can't have ass. It ain't no half-stepping. Like, you know, when you know better, you do better. I used to buy season tickets, you feel me? So, like, it ain't, I ain't saying don't go because I can't go. I used to go and sit in good seats, you feel me? But when I realized the whole play, I just, you know, I had to fall back off that shit, man. So that's what I be pumping to the youth in our city, that, you know, we got to come hard and come real with it. And the slightest shit that you don't even think about, really, sometimes, you know, you just got to examine and question everything, because cause, cause 90% of the shit out here got a direct link to back to subjugating us. That's how they designed it. <coughs> yes, sir. All right, brother. What's some, what's some of the policies that the politician, the new, the new politician who went to New Orleans, what's some of the policies that he didn't came and pushed and he didn't come down there, brother? Or do you have information on that? Man... They came and set up these camera tickets. So, look, they set up the camera tickets at Orleans Parish, which is predominantly black. They set them up in Jefferson Parish, which is predominantly white, right? 
they allowed Jefferson Parish to vote the camera tickets away, but we still getting camera tickets. We don't even get no vote, no nothing. You feel me? And then the funny thing about it is to make it so to make you realize that it's strictly about capitalism is that you could get fifty of them tickets and they still can't take your license or nothing. It just keep adding up and doubling and doubling and doubling. It's about money. So when you go to renew your license, then they tell you, Well, you gotta go pay these tickets, you feel me? <laughs> That's one thing. We yeah. we done sold Tom Benson we done sold Tom Benson a building that he done named Benson, uh, Benson Tower, one of the tallest buildings in New Orleans, for pennies on the dollar after Katrina. And now this motherfucker got all our government offices. If you need a marriage license, you need your birth certificate, you need a death certificate, you need anything like that, you got to go into this building to buy it, which he's renting that shit to the state for premium dollar. You feel me? So, like, we just, man, down here, let me tell you, you know, not to knock, not to knock my region, but I'm gonna tell you, man. Like, we have gotten way too content down here with an abject poverty that y'all wouldn't even put up with in the north. You feel me? And down here, man, it's cats that been on their job for like ten, fifteen years, still making seven something an hour. You feel me? And so, like, when you try to buck, they get scared because they don't want. You know, they gotta pay that rent. You know, so, like, what we need to be calling for now is a collective movement. Like, if you know, I, I'm convinced that if just, I'm convinced that if just on any given day, if we just decided that the, the 1,000 or 2,000 people they got on the court docket just wasn't going to go to court, they only got enough police to come get everybody. You feel me? Yeah. Or, or if we just all said we ain't going to pay no rent, period. Until they give us some um, rent control like y'all got in New York. Man, that's ridiculous, man. We paying rent price. Before the storm, you could get a three-bedroom house in New Orleans for $500, man. Pretty much anywhere except for the real exclusive part. And now you can't get a one-bedroom. You can't get an efficiency for $500. And, like, if you want three bedrooms, that you're looking at $1,700, $1,800. And this ain't New York, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I already know. They doing, they doing y'all because... Because of that port, that's what they really, you know, that that thing about Katrina, man. That's what they really, you know, when when you look at it and you look at the um, you look at the operation of, of the of the government after that, and the operation that the private parties did, you see that they just brought it up because they understood that this was going, this is prime real estate. You know what I mean? So we yeah. we'll flood these people out, we'll snatch this prime real estate up, we'll jack the prices up to a point where they can't live there, so that'll push them out because they can't live there. And we're bringing these crackers that we've been wanting. They tired of moving to Florida, so you know when they come and they want to retire, they're gonna retire their ass to New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. That you know, Florida ran out of room. That's you right, right there. Let me tell you something, man. They building streetcar lines and appropriating funds for all kind of tourist shit. And in my in my hood, man, it's still houses leaning sideways from the flood water, man. You know what I'm saying? So like. We got some serious shit to face, but we got we got a unique dynamic here where the hospitality industry got a strong a stranglehold on our people. Like that's the only jobs here. Either that or you go offshore. You feel me? So like, it's like you you go fill out a job application to work at a hotel. The conditions fucked up. The pay fucked up. Everything fucked up. But if you complain, this is a thousand cats with a application right behind you, so you can't even say shit. 
And really the only reason why they rebuilt New Orleans to the extent that they did was because of the Port of New Orleans, which was designated to be the heroin recipient for all of the whole Midwest. It all come right here, man, straight through the Port of New Orleans. Every every black man that has dared to speak on that topic in New Orleans for the last 30 years has been found murdered. So <clears throat> what I'm telling you is the abject poverty in New Orleans is by design. Where the dope come in, they got to have a black market. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so what Ain't they no, do is... Ain't nothing coming into them pumps, man. Ain't Say again? Ain't nothing but dope and oil coming through them posts. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. But here's the deal, though. Like, when y'all look back and y'all see (coughs) how this little bitty-ass city stay in the top of murders and shit, it's because to make that dope push good, there has to be a market. (coughs) You know, to sell it, not to smoke it. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Or ingest it. They got to have the people that need that cash. And so and so we know for a fact that where y'all live is Baltimore. Um for 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 the middle of the country is us, New Orleans. <coughs> it's Long Beach and Seattle on the West Coast. Those are the designated heroin places where it comes into America. And um, you know, like, we got so much shit to do, man. Like, it's ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you, down here, it's doggy dog. Niggas killing niggas down here for packs of cigarettes and shit, man, because, you know, it's that bad. It's that bad. The, the resources are that scarce. Brother, I just want to share something with you. Uh, it's the same bullshit up here in New York. Don't don't believe the propaganda. We got the same bullshit, camera lights, that's only in black neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. They're not in the white neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? And and in terms of pay, look, I'm disgusted with my people here in New York. New York is on some sucker shit. All right? They, they, the, pay, the pay that we got here would be equivalent to what you're making down there based upon the cost of living. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. But okay. there, and then there, we over, we overflooded we with the Mexican who will work for nothing. All right, and and so that that you find a lot of our people unemployed out here starving because of that dynamic. You know, uh, poverty oh. that we all face is, is 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 throughout this country, and like you said before, brother, it's by design. Oh yeah, but so you, you see, we you. ain't do shit about when Eric Gardner got murdered. I want to tell you, I, I agree with you. I agree with you a hundredfold. But there's a little bit of difference in the dynamic. Like, I came and bounced through Harlem for like nine months and just survived off just dealing with RBG Pan African people. You feel me? Like it, there was a, enough people there to where I could do what I do. You know, like the, what I'm basically saying is, the bigger the city the better of a chance you got to find yourself a niche within your community. You feel me? That's all I was really saying. In well, terms of... That's true because New York has been, you know, you had the Harlem Renaissance and you had those um, African minds like Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. Ben and them who came here and, and set up a base. But the reality, the reality is that we got our people, even though we may have 
uh, you may come up to New York, and you may go to Brooklyn, you may go to Harlem, you may go to Queens, and you may see a small part pocket of that, but the reality is that the majority of the people are asleep. The majority of the people are taking the oppression. Let's not forget, this is the home of stop and frisk. Yeah, I understand yeah, that. But I'm what? saying, like, I got a partner that sit on uh, 125th and, and Frederick Douglass, and he make, like, $80,000, $90,000 a year selling T-shirts. You feel me? Meaning he got the traffic coming to there to be able to generate, like, the city of New Orleans got 300,000 people. You feel me? It's like Vince down is solving everybody's problems. That's all I'm right. Well, that's all. That's all. I'm what up? I understand. All I want to say for is, you know, I just understand this racism very well. I do agree with the stuff. Now I wanted to put something in real quick about um, Washington D.C. because Washington D.C. is something like New Orleans in the in the way that it's um. Uh, in the way that it's the, the the working class people, if you if you live in Washington D.C., there's two types of people who live who work there. You either work at somebody in one of these official uh, places, or you are um, what they call hospitality. You know, you the janitors, yeah. you the you the uh, waitresses, yeah. the waiters. You work at the McDonald's. You fold. You know what I mean, it's a bunch of hotels. You fold tiles. This is type of work. That, that you that you have this is just to work for the people and that work is you know when where you live in D.C. and like you, you know you live in D.C. in a one bedroom eight hundred dollars nine hundred dollars a month you know what I mean you, and you getting eight fifty an hour you working fifty hours a week you know what I mean you trying to you got to kill you got to kill yourself to make sure that you gonna get by in this type of environment right here you know what I mean. Lord knows don't have no child support, no shit like that. You just out of here. Oh, you ain't lying. You out of here. You know what I mean? But you know, I, this, this is, I understand exactly what you're saying, though, because... The only it, dynamic I was throwing in is that, see, me, man, I'm a hustler by nature. You feel me? That's what I do. So, like, what I've realized, all I was just trying to add is that I've realized that the bigger the population, the better off, I, the more options I got to hustle. That's all. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's always true. That's yeah, real. No, no. I just wanted to make it clear, you know, about the, the 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 situation here in New York. Being born and raised here, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't want no illusion going out this motherfucker that you know uh, we New Yorkers, uh, the Africans in New York is about their business. You got a small pocket. That is true, oh, yeah. indeed. But the but majority of the people pocket. out here is is lost. They caught up in the motherfucking religions of perversion. They down with the crack of beast innate sexual perversion. You know. Oh yeah. But what I'm telling you is your small pocket in New York is still thirty times bigger than my small pocket in New Orleans. That's all I was saying. Yeah. I say, yeah. and that's real. Yeah. Yeah. You know the first thing is, is that. That small pocket, everybody got that same small pocket, no matter where you at. It just depends on how big your city is, how large your pocket is. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Depending on the size of your city, that's the size of your pocket. Because, I mean, if, if you get down to the empirical data, New York had the second largest uh, slave market in the nation, and it wasn't even a slave state. And also... Um, they were one of the last ones to close their slave market. I'm talking yeah, about what actually. Very racist. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I mean, the New York yeah. wanted to become a part of the Confederacy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the same crackers. They was all kin. It's the same crackers. The same cracker from Charleston, South Carolina, running slave port number one was the one running slave port number two up here in New York. Yeah. In New yeah. York City. Everybody yeah. got a large population of those small hats. In Charleston, you got a large population of small hats. And in New York, you got a population of small hats. You know what I mean? Running wild. So let me ask you how this. This is what I wanted to talk about. What are some tangible things we can do in terms of unification? Because see where I'm at with it now? I ain't even trying to recruit niggas. I'm trying to just link for real with who real and make our network where it can be something that's solidified and something that's, you know, Tangible. So when somebody, when another brother do want to come out the woods, he know where to come to. You feel me? Because I told y'all before, you're really down for the cause. If you can make it to New Orleans, I got you. Somewhere to sleep, the network, everything. So if you ever need to come down here and build, um, Yancey know how to get with me, and that's to anybody listening, if you real. And don't, you know, that might sound like a naive statement, but, man, like, we could see, we could read you before you open your mouth, you feel me? So, you know, it's got to be real, a real commitment to, to the to the um, African, you know what I'm saying? But if you on that level with it, anytime you need to come to the city, holler at me. The best advice I can give, you know what I'm saying, would be to first off start consolidating niggas that's already in your pack that you already doing anyway, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. start, 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 start speaking very plainly. And, 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 and like, 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 for example, nigga know a lot of shit that's going on. Like you said, like right there, the whole dynamics of New Orleans as a city and how the political shit is even tied into the NFL system, right? Now, if you talk mm-hmm. to it go on the block, you got to watch how you break that shit down because it may be too much for him to soak up. At the same time, at the same time, the youngster trying to soak up what type of nigga you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In this shit. So I exactly what you So you first off, out the smart the ones who take heed the conversation and talk that's real. You know, the ones that you know, like, 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 like okay, that nigga, he a little smarter, but he got a little more width than the rest of the bunch, right? Uh-huh. Then, then if he's younger than you, if he's younger than you, see a lot of the, the, this is what I was taught. One of the prices of becoming old, the the, the gifts you get, is that you have predetermined knowledge to see to see potential, right? Yeah. Um, think about when you was a youngster and you had talent and you was like, I don't know what to do. That's when the elder come in and say, Boy, you need to be doing this because that's what you're good at. And boy yeah. always was a free spirit. He always spoke his mind. He seemed to be, he was the type of person who did better bringing other people together. He brought the good out in people. He brought the good out in people. We make this very basic by leaving that religious shit alone. Like, you know, first thing we got to convince African people is that our our nature is predetermined, and the Bible ain't got nothing to do with that. Man, I, I, don't, even, I don't even deal with white Jesus at all. You know, and... and, and 
in terms of and in terms of you know linking after that you sharpen they you sharpen they they they, they, they you refine their little skills because these youngsters got plugs these youngsters got connections you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm I'm figuring this out I'm I'm 33 you know what I'm saying and and I, and and I'm not surprised because when I was 16 15 I had connections because you was out there you know what I mean you was more I'm or less talking out- about <laughs> I'm more talking about how we can link shit intrastate because, like, I, we got my neighborhood sold up. Like, you know, I done put it to the test over the last five years. Like, when I have a call to action, man, I have so many little hard-headed niggas out here. It ain't a, it ain't no joke. So, like, what we need to do, I'm trying to say, like, how can we link intrastate and like let them see that it's bigger than just this collection we have here in New Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And and I I say I say this is that you got to find the other pockets. Like right now, we're building right here in, in New Haven. And like I said, New Haven, we're a small city. We're small in New Orleans. We're 100,000 people. You know what I'm saying? So the population of those who are are willing to be willing participants in African activities, you know what I'm saying, is very, it's very limited, very few, it's very, very spread out. You know what I mean? Uh, and normally it doesn't have to do, you know, do with the bullshit. And it's, if it don't got nothing to do with no uh, religious thing, it really ain't rocking. Now, I said that, it, and I'm only saying that is because larger, you know, when you find people already formulated, that's where the, that's where the first connection is, guys. That's where we got to connect on that. And just see, we all, we all say we on African terms, you know what I mean, for advice. I went, you know, and, and as you said, man, you can't, Fuck with nobody who's not coming, who not coming from that African perspective, and that we need to get free. Cause that's the only, that's the only thing. You know what I mean? And so there's um there's several different contingencies. What I'll do is I'll hit you on the on the on the backside, brother, and and we'll go, you know, we'll uh, go through a couple of different cities that you know got a few little um, hubs of people who already linked in together. They already showing uh, progress. You know what I mean? With the community, uh-huh. and so that's why sure. I think that's the, that's what we got to really look to to where people are already showing progress as community. You know what I mean? And them them, them going to be the the first people that you know if you want to tie in nationwide, that's going to be the first tie in. You know what I mean? Let me ask you the Not even in the old shit. Not no old shit though. It got to be if that shit worldwide. I'm telling you, if they community older than 15 years old, I ain't even going to say 15. If that shit really older than 10 years. All we got to do is put the historical back in the proper place, man. New Orleans, New Orleans served as the base for Haitian Revolution. New Orleans served, that was the vine for transportation all throughout America because of the, the because, because the, 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 the Gulf of Mexico, but it also connects all through motherfucking down south, the Mississippi River. And and New Orleans also was the birthplace of the civil rights movement, man. The yes. first bus boycotts, the first yes. riots. Like, they don't talk about the Algiers riots. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But, you know, let me tell you, I, man, there's so much confusion out here. I heard y'all talking about these, you know, commercial ass, some of these niggas posing RBG and shit. Do y'all know Kalanji from Atlanta? I, I heard, I heard of him. I heard of him, and I, that's the, that's the, um, that's the dude I seen in the video 
with the elder brother who got beat by the um beat up by the new black Panther party. Yeah. yeah so yeah, Peep yeah, Game. Yeah, I've seen him a couple times on some different stuff. So Peep Game. Some of my people was there at that event, right? It was six of them total, including the elder. Five cats that's supposed to be RBG to the core. The elder, the only one, got fucked up, dog. Like I'm trying to figure out how how does this happen? You feel me? Like then the nigga bold enough to make a video afterwards with him not a scratch on him, and the elder fucked up in the video, and you know. Talking about he's standing in solidarity with the elder. I mean, you let the elder get fucked over, and then, I mean, like, I don't understand what these niggas doing out here, man. Accountability. No accountability, man. <laughs> it's funny because we, we actually spoke about that on the show. But I'd like to add something in terms of where you have mentioned um, connecting interstate. That, that's what we're doing with this program here, Feet on the Ground. You know, everybody... Uh, all over this this, this uh, invader land, you know what I mean, from the East Coast to the West Coast, to the South, to the Midwest. And so this is a, also a platform uh, uh, to establish that. And then the things that we do is that the information that we learn from each other, we, we take it and we bring it to our own set that we are building where we at. For sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I realize that. That's why I'm down with it. But in terms of getting the crowd down there, all you got to do is, all you have to do is uh, uh, embellish that historical theme that's always been there, like you just stated, being the birth of civil rights, being the birth of the Haitian Revolution, being the connection hub. And, look, and, and projecting the, geo, the, the geographic power of New Orleans in the historical context, and then I ain't got, you know, no problem in California. I have no problem making that, that trip, you know what I'm saying, New Orleans in that, in that fashion. That's it. You know what I'm saying? The 10 highway flow deep, baby. But so, look, you know, uh, every time uh, my man tagged me in, this, in the post for the show, I share it and whatnot. Like, I've even had people tell me that they listen to it. So I want to salute y'all on that on that point, straight up. But, like, it's time, you know, we got to start defining who is what and how we rocking. Because, like, man, it's easy to talk and spread shit, but, like, somebody got to be willing to go to jail. Somebody got to be willing to put their life on the line. You know, we need to start separating, you know, shit from Shinola and some shit we say out, oh, my bad. Like, it's, you know, we re- on, we on the Internet to the point where I'm almost tired of posting. The only reason why I don't stop is because people beg me not to. But, like, we regurgitating the same types of instances over and over, like, as if we need more proof. You feel me? But you do, mm-hmm. brother. You do. Because, see, our problem is that we don't want to, in my opinion, 
my opinion is that we don't want to deal with the fact of why we've been docile. In my opinion, the reason why we have been is because of our indoctrination by the enemy. Our indoctrination, going through the school system, all that shit right there. So the same way we got indoctrinated by that shit beating us in the head, white supremacy, uh, ideology, from the TV to the radio to the classroom, that's what we, we have to counter that. And so we have to continue to constantly bang on the mental slavery that plagues us while we are docile, while we, as a, as a whole, uh, accept uh, the, the, the bullshit, accept our enslavement. We got to constantly pound on the reality that slavery never ended, all right? This is a slave country. True. And, 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 brother, we owe something to our people. See, see, we, my, one of my things that really uh, 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 disturbs me, and I'm talking about myself, is that it's not until recently that I realized that I actually owe those ancestors that were superhuman and endured the horrors of horrors, that is, our enslavement and child slavery, understanding that the enslavement hasn't stopped in terms of the mentality and the social structure that we find ourselves in. So we have to continue to bang on that. We got to break these chains in our minds. So, brother, you got to, like you said, you won't stop. Well, you, you shouldn't stop. And, and, no, you're not regurgitating because look at the continuous deaths. From the time you came out your mama womb to 2015, we got black men being murdered in the street by the cracker beast. We got our own men murdering each other because of their indoctrination of self-hatred. You know, and indoctrination of seeing the, the cracker beast as invincible. You know, what stops the brother on the block that's holding from letting off on that cracker that's running up on him and harassing him in that uniform? What's stopping him? What's stopping him? Why? Why What's is it that we get? Yeah. Why? Why is it that we can have a whole bunch of our brothers on the corner, throw cracker beast in the car? Cracker beast can harass, do all kind of shit. And we don't flip on them. But another brother can walk down that block and step on a sneaker or look at that uh, brother crazy, and we letting off shots. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You could check the news to support this. They busting at him in New Orleans. We just had two police got killed recently. They but, brother, that's beautiful, but I was building on where you had mentioned how, there was, how we killing each other over a pack of cigarettes. That dynamic is there. And the question is, even if you got the, which is a beautiful thing, the recent, uh, uh, as you mentioned recently, you got uh, brothers bringing out that African warrior spirit. That's beautiful. But I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Well, In I general, think why, uh, our communities are held hostage. They come to our communities like predators. I think the reason why they don't bust on them more prevalently, at least speaking for myself, is because, the last 10 times I've been to jail, I went to jail by my damn self. Then I had to figure out how I was going to pay the, the lawyer, the fee, the fine. But I'm telling you, like, if I had, if I just had 500 black men in New Orleans that was ready to just do, go to the level I go with it, man, they'd have to kill me. I'm telling you. Brother, but, I, I feel you, but I just want to go back to what I said. I gave a scenario where you could have... Five five brothers on the block, on the corner, chilling, talking, everybody holding. Two pigs come by, start harassing. Now, it's five against two. If the five simultaneously attack the two, 
Who going to jail? Shit. The the five. No, how you going to jail if you done took care of the bitch? Who's sending you? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. It take more than five. No, it don't, brother. Feel me? I'm going to say this again. We don't have a problem going to jail when we murking each other. But we know when we pull that trigger, you know, it's a high probability you're going to jail. But we pull that trigger on each other and take that. I'm saying if it's two cops by themselves in a cop car, and they come on the block, and it's at least five brothers holding, just like them pigs, and they start harassing, what is stopping if all five of the brothers attacked at the same time and handled that? Right? Ain't no, who, 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 ain't all the cops around. Who's going to know who did what? Say, so look, let me, tell you, let me tell you two things. First and foremost, you have to understand that New, New, Louisiana and New Orleans in particular, because the whole state is not, but New Orleans is ran under Napoleonic Code, meaning that we got some different laws down here. Like, the police can only hold you for 60 days on a murder down here. If in that 60 days they can't produce a material witness or a weapon, <coughs> they got to cut you loose. But there's a different vigor applied when you kill a nigger or when you kill a white person. They got it set up to where you can't get in and out of no section of my city without being on camera, being identified. You feel me? So, like, you can't just do You can't just bust on them down here. Like, the last three niggas that done killed police, they caught them. <coughs> and it's because. They went back and reviewed the cameras of who passed this street at this time and da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing stopping us from busting them cameras. Well, we bust them every day. We'll put them back up every day. So my, my my point is, brother, at the end of the day, there is no excuses in, in terms of that. And we have to ask, then, why is it that we don't think that way? So we come back to that mental indoctrination that we done all been through. No, I, well, that's what I was trying to put, prove a distinction. It's not the mental indoctrination. It's the fact that five niggas killing two cops is not a significant enough endeavor to change nothing. We need like a hundred niggas. And then like, you know, after that point, they, you know, it's just like killing the, the killing the first two would be just declaring war. You feel me? And then it's going to be full fledged war after that. But like, as long as it's two, three, four, five cats doing some dirt, man, they go round them up and then, it, you know, make an example out of them. Well, you ain't feeling me. You, you're not feeling where I'm coming from, and obviously, I don't have the right. I haven't uh, used the right right words to uh, get you to see where I'm coming from because it is your. It is our indoctrination. It is our indoctrination. Why we have yet to handle these cracker beasts like we're supposed to. It is our indoctrination that keeps us motherfucking immobilized. And until we understand that we have been indoctrinated with self hatred. We have been indoctrinated. We're seeing the cracker beast as being superior, that we can't win. You know, we're going we're gonna to continue to have this issue here. Five cats. 
I, that was an example, brother. The I know, example I know, was. I'm saying it's got to be on I'm, a I'm larger right, scale, this, sis. This shit is real right now, King. Yeah, right I'm now, sure. in every black neighborhood, the police come through like predators. And we don't do nothing about it. Now, if we was unified, right, if, if we had our African minds in place, they couldn't come through our neighborhood. If they come through our neighborhood, they're getting shot from all kind of angles, all kind of directions. Don't know where the bullets coming from. Yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. That's more than five cats, though. Brother, that's just a scenario that I gave you to show you that it starts with our mind, our conditioning. You got to ask the question, why have we accepted the unacceptable for so long? Because they make harsh examples in the South. Nat Turner ain't give a damn about harsh examples. Well, yeah, that's what I said. I, we, I'm looking for niggas that's ready to do something, for real. See, we but got, I'm we saying, got, brother, you ain't... Go ahead, yo. I'm sorry, King. Go ahead, man. We got we got two different scenarios of what cracker uh, oppression is. Malcolm X put it down the best. See, you know, in New York they smile and growl, while down south they more or less frown and growl. And one of the tactics they use, you know, see down south the government don't fuck with too much of the shit that go on down south for a reason. And when you go, you know, I don't know, I, I've been down south. I've been to places where, goddamn it, the towns were so small. If they did call the police, it'd take their ass forty minutes to get over, you know, for the next county over. And you know, isolation is a lot of things in that land. I, I I can see how brothers get caught by putting, you know, but the South, you know, but that's what. But I'm gonna quote this: individuals can get mad. Elijah Muhammad said this. Elijah Muhammad said, "When the black man in the South wakes up, that in this country will and that, that's the hardest thing, brother, because, you know, the South is where, you know, shit was crazy in terms of what went down in our enslavement, even though the shit was crazy up north, too, but definitely down there. And and that's, and that's and you also have the hardcore indoctrination in the cracker beast religions of perversion. Where? In the South. I think it's everywhere. Oh, definitely in the South. I got people, in fact... My family, my father's side is from where you at, Louisiana, Jefferson County. Yeah, that Bible Belt. Jefferson that Parish. No, no. Yeah, that Jefferson Bible. Parish. Yeah, okay. that Bible Belt. It's a fact. It's a fact that that fucking religion of perversion was used during our enslavement for us to accept the unacceptable. Yes. How can you have plantations still standing in the South then? What you mean, how? Well, I need to know where the plantations is at. I mean, my understanding is uh, there's plantations throughout the South that's still standing. And I'm saying that it's evident of the indoctrination, the severity of the indoctrination to the Africans Colonel that were in the South. And that was raised because Reynolds. all them shit should be burnt down. Colonel all Sanders, R.J. Reynolds. I mean, I'm yeah, saying that you know, uh, you walk past the plantation every day in New York too. 
No, listen, listen, no, this is this is the point. This is this is the point. We don't want to get into where the plantations at because the plantations are Wall Street is the biggest plantation. Come on now, the White House is a plantation, but we're talking about where the majority at. I mean, let's not pretend like I'm 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 talking some Chinese here. I say Wall Street, not the White House. No, I'm saying the White House is a plantation. We gotta yeah, look at the, the whole the South. We gotta look the South. It's a, it's country, so poverty is different. It's still it's still some motherfucking counties down there where ain't you know you consider to call making it making not even twenty five thousand dollars a year. You see what I'm saying? You got some parts that you wouldn't even less than that, homie. No, it's fucking America. We gotta. So are we pretending that the indoctrination, the severity of the indoctrination, wasn't heaviest on our people in the south? No, what I'm saying 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 that's real. It's, I'm it's saying at this stage, I'm saying at this stage, I think it's 50 across the board. That's what I was saying. At this stage, I think a nigga that's lost in Brooklyn is just the same as a nigga that's lost in Houston or New Orleans or Atlanta. Loss is loss, true indeed. But where is the Bible Belt? The Bible Belt is in the Midwest, baby. It ain't Kansas, in the South, too? Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee. All it, it ain't Bible in the Belt. South. Yeah, North Carolina. South I mean, Carolina. When, when you talk about the traditionally what they call the Bible Belt with the evangelicals, yet no, it's not, it's not Louisiana, Texas, uh, Mississippi, Alabama. No, it's, it's right above us. Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana. I mean, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas. Yeah, all the way to North Carolina. All the way to yeah, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the Bible. My people, my people is from Alabama. Alabama. It's called my the Bible. My people is from Alabama and Louisiana. It's called Come the Bible because it goes across the middle. It's called the Bible because it goes across the middle. That's why it's called the Bible Belt. Okay. You know where you the belt go across the middle of your body. Okay. So where are the mega churches for black people at? The majority of the mega churches, where are they at? They everywhere. What do you I said mean? The, I said where are the majority? Where will you find the most numbers of mega churches for black people? I think they're everywhere. Okay. Well, then the majority of the mega churches for black people are in the south. Okay. Well, the most the most known. Pimp Reverend is from New York, Al Sharpton. <laughs> he ain't never had no church. But the greatest motherfucking, but the greatest fucking, yo, this ain't about, brother. This ain't about South and North. This is about the truth. Because the greatest motherfucking pimp is T.J. T.J. Jakes, whatever the fuck his name is. The motherfucker who, who, who secretary pimped out Dr. Khalid Muhammad, who may have been involved in his assassination. Okay, well, Reverend Al sold out a cider. I'm just trying to tell you, like, listen, I don't give a fuck about, I don't give a fuck about Sharpton, the coon king of the coons. Let alone I'm just DJ talking about where is he from, though? He's from New York. Hold on, 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 one second, hold on. We're not going to go into no back and forth over where the greatest coons is at. We ain't gonna do this right now. We're not gonna do this. I thought we were being real on this. Hold on, it's like I'm I'm offended at brothers being real about our people in the South being caught up in the religions of perversion. Like that shit ain't real. 
Just for the record, I wasn't making no distinction. I said niggas is lost everywhere. She trying to make yeah. it like it's a more of an issue in the South than it is in the North. No, I thought that's how you're taking it. I was talking about the religious oppression and shit. No, listen, this, yeah. and, and, and hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second, Mother B. Hold on well, one second. Hold on. And this is, and basically, what we're going off is historic, historically, we can see that this is this where the Bible Belt, and, and when you say the South, North Carolina and South Carolina is considered the South. You from up North. This is all, all that, anything below the Mason-Dixon line is considered the South. Tennessee, all of that stuff. You understand? So we don't, we don't no, no, listen, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I'm we saying. From that's the, what I'm trying from, to get to. We from the, no, listen, that's we what from I'm trying to get to. Hold on, we hold on, brother. Brother hold on, hold on, brother Byron. Hold on, brother Byron. That's what I'm getting to. Is that, you know what I'm saying, it's perspective. You got a different perspective of what the South is. So when you think of the South, you're thinking of some stuff. You're thinking of, like you said, Texas, Louisiana. What's that right next to there? Ar- no, that's not Arkansas. That's Alabama. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking of that. Florida, maybe. You know no, wait. Well, listen, listen, at? listen. Let me tell you uh-huh. something. If you go look at any text you want to, first of all, y'all from New York, everything under you is the South. You feel me? But <laughs> if but if you go look at any text, you'll see they make a distinction about the South and the Deep South. In every history book you go look in, they talk about the South, then they talk about the Deep South, what they call the Dirty South. That's right, where well, we live in the about, dirty uh, south. All right, no doubt. Well, listen, then that's the distinction there. Well, now you know we getting us, we getting, we getting clarity. You know what I'm saying? We getting some clarity right now. We talking about the south. You talking about the big south, and the south to us run right right along in there. And we know New Orleans had a, uh, uh, and Louisiana in particular, New Orleans uh, especially had a mix of a lot of different, you know. Uh, New Orleans was a major metropolitan with over 300,000 people when New York was still a colony, my nigga. Oh, this is what I'm saying, though. I'm talking about religiously, that they had a different, a whole lot of different mixture of a lot of different things going on there because of, like, as you say, it, it was a metropolitan at that point in time. It was a major poor city. There was a lot of shit going on there. You know what I mean? And, but uh, still, that doesn't take away Bible Belt being... And, and how we understand the South to be. Google right now. Somebody on the phone, Google the states that are considered to be the Bible Belt. Hey, I'm telling you, North Carolina, South Carolina definitely considered the Bible Belt. I know I lived in North Carolina. Yeah. And, and nor does it take away from the reality that we have all been indoctrinated and conditioned. And that that indoctrination and condition is why we are docile as a people. And if you ain't trying to free your African mind from this mental enslavement, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. Because we ain't, ain't shit going to happen until we start there. That's right. Well, if, if we're talking about me per se, you know. And I wasn't talking about oh. you. I'm talking about us as a people, as I said when I made my statement. You said, well, if you ain't trying to free your African mind, so that's why I was asking for clarification. No, no, I said we are indoctrinated and conditioned. That's how I started it off. We. Yeah, I know. And then you said, if you ain't trying to free your African mind, so I just asked for clarity. Is that? I mean, that shouldn't be an issue that well, I asked for clarity. Well, it shouldn't uh, be a point of clarity, not unless we're trying to be contentious with each other, because that's a sentence. No, clarity just means I didn't understand something, and I wanted you to tell me what you were saying. Well, I clarified. Right. So you got me, King? Yeah, I hear you. It's clear. 
It's clear. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you again. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to tell you again. Where I live is not considered the Bible Belt. My city is the only city in the nation that was under the rule of three different countries. And, and you know, it has had so many much influence from the Muslim, from the um, cat, Roman Catholic, and from the evangelical that, you know, ain't no stronghold in my city on just one, you know, Ain't on just yeah, one particular. Okay, I just want to interject. I looked up the Bible Belt states. It includes everything. Hold on, let me. Let me I want to get specific in this motherfucker. From from Virginia. Let's hold on now. This is the bottom of from Virginia down to Texas. The only part that's not a part of Texas is the little tiny southern tip of Texas and the southern tip of Florida, all of that from New, from the uh, beginning of New Mexico, depending on how you're looking at the map, if you're looking at the map the way I'm looking at it right now, it would be uh, 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 the west, the beginning west part of the border of New Mexico, Texas, across. You said look it up, so I did. And, and what source is that? Oh, I just Googled it. You said Google. I yeah, put it, where are the Bible states? I put it, where are, what states, what states are considered the Bible Belt? Okay, Click so on I it, and this will pop up. And I'm going to share this in the part. Hangout. Family, if, we, if, we, if we're looking at particulars, the context is this. The, the context with the brother is this right here. New Orleans is the birthplace of voodoo for American black consciousness. So even though the Bible Belt may extend that far, the Quaker even has to admit that voodoo has a lot of its roots in New Orleans. Now, what's New Orleans' connection? To Haiti. Yeah, so y'all both make a good point. You know, well, when outsiders listening into this conversation, where, they may look at this being the argument. That's where I started off by saying that my city ain't controlled by that. And, no, that's what, and, that's, and, and earlier when I was speaking, that's why I was spoke of, I said, I understand where you're coming from, when, when, exactly when you said that New Orleans was a metropolitan city before New York was populated in the same uh, mannerism because of the slave port, and, and that's why I mentioned that even you still had African religion still being practiced there, where we now see the continuance of, of what we call voodoo. Know what no, wait, wait big brother, today. though. Uh-huh. Let me give you some clarity, because everybody that graduated from high school, he had to take Louisiana history. When I say New Orleans was a major metropolitan, I'm talking about before the slave ships came here, free black men was here. And it was intermingling with the Portuguese, the Europeans, and with the, Indi- the Native Americans. I don't want to call them Indians. That's why you, what we have here is what you call a Creole people. I'm talking about before the slave ship come here. Way before New York was a colony, I'm talking about. New Orleans was a major port, ran by the Portuguese. That would have to be the traitorous Melkite Coptic Africans that were there then. Well, you know, now there you you could educate me on that because I I don't know that part, but I know that they was not slaves. The Africans here was not slaves. They was here handling business. Well, if we're doing the time period, that that's who. That's who was helping to get okay. these cracker beasts 
over on the on the shores of our continent to kidnap us and bring us here, working with the motherfucking cracker beast called Portuguese and motherfucking cracker beast called Spains or uh, Spaniards. Oh no, I don't believe that. I ain't asking to believe, because I'm talking history. So it just means you know you, you're gonna have to get up on that. Well, I mean, if that's the case. It's proven that Africans was traveling all around the world, you know, way before the slave trade existed. So, so they no, all got by saying that. No, she's not saying that the Africans wasn't traveling before the slave trade. She's saying no. That, what she's saying is that the Africans that were here were here to sell niggas to America. No, 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 no that's no, not what no, I said. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not what you. That's not what you're saying. I, and I'm gonna say this, and then if she if she gonna clarify and clarify, but for me listening. I believe she's just stating the fact that any people traveling at that time, if it was Africans out traveling and doing business at that time, if the Africans who were traveling and doing business at that time were the Melkite copy. Those are the people who were doing it. So now, even after the fact when they were doing business with the Spaniards and also helping them bring us over here, that's a that's another point after the fact. We're just saying that at that point in time, that's who was traveling the seas. So that's what Tutankhamen was too. To oh, I'm at, yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, a Melkite Coptic. That's what he was. The Melkite. Well, I mean, we are getting off context. Well, yeah. Bruce, no, 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 we're not. New Orleans wasn't a part of the thirteen colonies. When we talk about the Bible Belt, we talk about what year of the Bible Belt you established in that because we talking about a pro, a Protestant. English movement with them. It wasn't just Englishmen that came from motherfucking America during the slave trade. All we got to do is study the what? The Louisiana Purchase, right? And that. Ancient Revolution brought about the Louisiana Purchase. Why? He keep mentioning it before people not grasping it. Why the oil spill? The Gulf of Mexico. What is the significance of New Orleans? That port. Yeah. People understand we, that. He keeps saying the port. The port existed before colonialists became over here. Yeah. You had Creole that. people over there before they even, before the fucking Quakers was coming over there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know that. My my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, Lucian Brown, came straight from Haiti. He was never a slave. Uh, brother, can I ask you a question? Yeah, anything. Um, do you adhere to any of the religions? I told you, I don't do that. Did you at one time? No, I never really have been able to deal with that. Hmm. But I'm a spiritual person, though. I wake up every morning and meditate before the sunrise and open up my chakra, my crown chakra, and I get my direction and I move forward. And, brother, That's I'm going to tell I'm you why I asked you that because I I, I got to be real. I feel like um, every time I I've you said something, every time I've said something, you haven't seemed to comprehend me. But when my brother speaks, you seem to comprehend quite well. So that's why I asked you about that religion of perversion, to be 100 with Okay, you. well, you know what? Let me tell you something. First of all, it don't surprise me that you feel that way. 
because of your tone within the conversation. To be honest, I'm not really used to being talked to like that, you feel me, by nobody, male or female, to be honest. So, like, I think maybe part of what I'm missing in your delivery is because I'm taken aback by how you're coming at me sometimes, and so, therefore, I might be missing your input. You know, like, you know, I ain't no brother on the line, you know, coming with all that fierceness and all that, all that you know, aggression so where I can stop and focus on what they're talking to me about. Okay, you know? well, I think that's a mischaracterization of my my personal delivery because I only got um, passionate when I kept feeling like everything I say is being um, taken as being contentious, like I'm trying to come at you. Maybe you're not used to being around uh, strong women like me. Uh, maybe it's a New I, I York thing. That. Maybe it's a New I York thing. That. It I might be a new, it might be a, oh, hold on, but it might be a New York thing. It might be a New York thing. Why I am the I way I am coming up the way I came up is why and I am mama, the way I am. So maybe you not used to that. Period. But like when I had brought up the Bible Belt, you automatically you wanted to make that argument like I'm twisted. So I did no. just what you said. The reason why I rejected the reason why and shown off, shown off. I'm, I'm not twisted in, in, in what I, where I was going. The through. reason why I rejected what you said about the Bible Belt is because you included where I stay, and, and that shit don't run where I stay. I'm telling you. Brother, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe I'm I'm hearing you wrong. So I, I, I'll put the onus on myself this time. We'll see. And then when you talk about, when you talk about the mega churches, you know, you're talking about, okay, so you're talking about TDJs. You're talking about... Texas, you talking about Creflo Dollar, you talking about Georgia, name me the mega preacher from New Orleans, from Louisiana, period, name him. I, I can't because name you last, no preacher, I can't even, the, I can barely name you what I'm talking, any preacher what I'm, here in New York outside of the coon that's on TV, because I don't fuck with no religions or perversions, but you mentioned Georgia, mega churches, and I said there's mega churches in the South, you tell me I'm Christian, so you, I'm glad you just verified that Georgia, and as I put in the hangout, uh, the, when you Google, like I did like you said, brother, I Googled the Bible Belt, and now, family, I put it in the hangout, all right, so you can see I, what the cracker so, bee say is the goddamn Bible Belt. But I, wanna, I don't even want to go here. Which cracker I want, I want to get back. I, wanna I get, Googled something one day that said I was that I got killed, so I was just asking you what was the reference, which you, I, you still never answered that. Oh, on Wikipedia, the first shit that came up. Okay, so thank I you. I asked you, so I asked you what was the reference. That's all I did. You act, you act Ain't like no problem because I, you act like because I question the information that's given to oh, me. Oh no, no, so I'm, I'm going by. I'm going by. Just like you said, you going by your my delivery. I'm going by your delivery when it came, when, how I feel when I had something to say. It became argumentative, so that's why I spoke on it. Because that's what I family do. When family yet. feel like something ain't right with each other, you speak no, on. No, I haven't argued with you yet. And to be honest, well, that's how that's what I, I heard. Listened, I listened to the show for forty minutes before I said a word, and you've been on that tone before I got on the show. Yeah, well, so if you that, listen that, to this that, show that. in the past, like you said you have, you know this. How, this is me. So I was calmly uh, explaining to you why maybe I missed some of your points because not, no. I can't process through to how you delivering it sometimes. I just brother, you like, like I said, if you listen to this show, anybody that listen to this show, this is this is who I am. 
That still don't mean that I'm able to process it the way no, it, that no, everybody that's no, used no, to No, I'm not saying that, brother. I'm not saying that. I'm just letting you know that I'm not coming at you. That's what I'm trying, but you still don't hear that, right? Well, and so I, so well, am, 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 am I being aggressive now talking to you, brother? And yet well, you still well, don't my, hear that. My whole point is that, okay, first of all, since we're dealing with semantics, let's get there. Okay, in one breath I'm king and brother, then the next minute I'm not dealing with motherfucker semantics. this, motherfucker that. You feel I ain't me? dealing with semantics. So, like, I'm trying to figure out if I'm really a king, then why is you, you know, you know, like I'm confused. Oh, so no, religion of perversion said that. Wait a minute now, that, that's crazy. King mean, king mean I deserve a certain respect, the same respect I deserve. So what does the queen mean? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, listen, because this one go on, and then we, I, I try to let y'all talk it out and try to get through and so we can move on. But it's going on a little farther than what I really wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? I ain't wanted to go this far. But, um, Brother brother Byron, I'm going to say this. See, I know I know the queen, uh, you know, she's on the show on a regular basis, and it was nothing personal. So and now after you after you spoke to her, you explained to her how you were taking it, and she just explained to you that no, it wasn't nothing personal. It's just that's that's her tone when she started when she gets excited. I didn't say it was personal. I just said no. I don't. I don't subscribe to it. No, I'm not saying that. I don't. I don't respond to that. No, brother Byron. Brother Byron, listen. I'm not saying that you take it personal. I'm just saying that it's it's not. It's not nothing towards you directed towards you in any type of anger or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? Even though the tone you, you know, might could be taken like that, you know what I'm saying? It's not nothing like that. That's all That's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying that oh, you were sure. taking it. I don't it have that no chip on my shoulder, yeah. but, at the yeah, same yeah, time, but at the same time, I dictate how I'm spoken to and how I'm treated, and so I respond to what I'm moved to respond to. So then, then it then it become an issue of well, I'm not responding to her because she's a female, but I respond to y'all because y'all male and all that. See, I right, caught all, y'all I caught all the No, no, it's not clear so, as far as I'm concerned because it's a mischaracterization of what happened. This this part of this discussion comes about because I, as a woman like I am, I, and thinking. This brother's family, I said to him, I want to share something. I personally feel that you've been contentious with me every time I say something. That's how this dialogue started. And the brother ain't come out. I, I came to the brother, you know, to, to let the brother see. I ain't got no problem. This is all love. But every time I, I shared, some, shared something, the brother came at me, in my opinion, in my opinion, came at me contentious, like, you know, you want to battle with some bullshit. So, How I'm like, coming at you contentious and well, you, you, I, I you, you use example, every cuss word in the book when you're talking to me. Brother, we like I said, that, that was my opinion, brother, and that's why I brought that up. Because I, I don't want that. And, and we should be able to, when, 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 when we think that there's some kind of war forming, we should be able to communicate to make sure that's not the case. Well, okay, that's why I said communication, that. my idea of communication when I'm trying to get somebody to feel me and hear me, ain't to get the cussing and, you know, all that, you, you know, that ain't, that ain't my idea. Brother, nor like did I, I come said, at you like that. Like nor I did I come at you like that. I didn't come at you like that. I made a point. I'm treated. I dictate how I'm treated and what I respond to. And the same here, King. I dictate how you know? I speak and how I'm treated. And if I feel yeah. like somebody coming at me, I'm going to speak on it like I did. 
Now, so since it's oh, since y'all she came, she spoke. Y'all both spoke on it. Can we move on now? We see there's no contention. Ashe. All right. Now, yeah, if, the, if the brother could, I mean, it's the 10-year anniversary, or do you want to even call it an anniversary? It's been 10 years after the tragedy of Katrina and the brothers from New Orleans. I'd like to get some insight on the politics and the change, what, what, what was happening before and after, because, you know, he did call in. So. Yeah, the Bush Brown massacre. Just, you know, first of all, everybody needs to understand that Katrina didn't kill our people. The storm had passed, and we came outside. Mm-hmm. And when we came outside, we heard a series of explosions where they blew up the levees to save the white folks part of town. That's what killed our people. And it's been documented that they've blown up the levees before to save certain parts of New Orleans due to storm surge. So that's not so hard to believe. So basically, you take into account that New Orleans was the last bastion of Africana in America on that scale of over, you know, 700,000 people. And we had them dominated our local politics for the last 40 years, sheriff, mayor, city council, everything. Then you can see that what we're going through now is a direct result of what they designed you know, New Orleans before the storm man had, you know, was in the top three of teenage pregnancy, top three of unemployment, top three of illiteracy, top three of high school dropouts, top three, you know, poverty. And so they couldn't get the niggas to leave here. So what they did was they forced them all out, brought in an influx of young white folks that don't even add anything to the society in terms of, you know, um, financial, you know, prowess to the city or anything of that nature. And so now what they're doing is they're herding us all that choose to stay into one section of, of the, of the uh, city called New Orleans East, which was a swamp that they just built as a landfill over and over in my lifetime. At one point, it was nothing but alligators out there. You feel me? And so what they're doing now is they're controlling the local politics through the starvation of the people. We just had an election for mayor where all of the black voting groups that existed rode with the white people because they were paid to. And they were in a situation where they was either, you know, you got to eat right now, or worry about politics in the future later. And, you know, uninformed people chose to go with eating right now. And I don't mean eating in excess. I mean eating barely, period. Like, you know, just surviving. And so what we're doing now is we're fighting. Let me, because we're still- let me, let me, let me get this, brother, now. This is new. See, more, more people hear that and they say, okay, well, that's always happening. But this is new to New Orleans, given the history, like you just stated, that New Orleans has always had a history of controlling the inner works of their politics by breeding New Orleans-born politicians, and that this confusion of politics now was 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 secured through the uh, through the flood of of the town, yes. and crea- creating creating uninhabitable. Let me tell you something. 
when you got pulled when you got pulled over pre Katrina, it wasn't because you was black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you had like New Orleans was the last city in America that that still had the stronghold, bruh. Like everything here was Afrocentric. Period. Why you think the white folks come here? To see us dancing in the street and know how we do our funerals and to go to see our clubs and our culture. You know, music started, American music started right here. Started right here in New Orleans. And so we were holding on to that, the music, the culture, the uh, the voodoo, the things that made us unique from everywhere else in the country. And there's only a couple places I've been to in America that, you know, really remind me of, you know, the, the concentration of people that we had here, like Detroit at one time, Southside Chicago, D.C. at one time, um, a couple of boroughs in New York in specific places. And, but the difference was in all them other places, you had to still deal with, like, put it this way, picture New Orleans as a fort that we had taken. It's a fort that we had taken. And it was the last stronghold that blacks had in America where everything that come through here was Afrocentric in the thought process of how we set it up. And so that's what the battle was about. The battle was about controlling not just not the land, or the money, because we never had the money. The good old boys from down here always had the money, the real money. But what it was about was breaking up this last bastion of niggas that they could not fuck with. That's what the whole deal was with Katrina. Look at, man, New Orleans, like every case, every case that Thurgood Marshall had that made him famous, if you look at all them cases, the majority of them were fought on the state level in Louisiana by Walter Coyne and A.P. Turo. They made Thurgood Marshall famous after they won those cases in this state. Then he took them on a national level and made, them, made it rule for everyone. And so, you know, the SCLC was started right here. Marcus Garvey, one of the last living Garveyites that just passed, lived right here on my street. I'm looking at her house right now where Marcus Garvey used to sleep right here on Dergenois Street where I stay, bro. And why did he do that? Because he could feel comfortable here. He was in a, a true bastion of Africana. If you know how New Orleans is set up, there's the lake on one side, there's the river on the other side, and, and no matter which way you come into my city, you got to come over a bridge. New Orleans is like a little island. It's as close as you can be to the Caribbean without leaving the lower 48. Mm -hmm. And so what Katrina, the devastation of Katrina was about and the, the lack of response to what the government was about was, shit, if we wipe these niggas out, that's a, that, that was a major, that was a major gain for them crackers, man. A major gain. You didn't have nowhere else in the nation where niggas was running so much shit. Yeah. Now, you, you, you used to have that in Detroit. You used to have that in Southside Chicago. <clears throat> you used to have that in D.C. 
it's a shame. I know y'all live on the East Coast. Y'all done been to D.C. Y'all see what, what S Street and U Street look like now? Do you remember what it looked like 20, just 25 years ago? You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to tell you is New Orleans was still that place where you could go pick a banana off the tree and get a rent five-bedroom house for $400 and still live an African lifestyle without being caught up in the Euro machine. And that's what they were trying to destroy. And we fighting for it right now. I tell everybody I know, if you're homeless and you ain't got nowhere to live anyway, come to New Orleans. Because if we get the black population back up where it was, we can use this as a stronghold to where one day when the war jump off, you know, we got the port. We can get in and out of here. We can do our own trade globally, you know, because that's what it's going to come to eventually. Yeah. That's, regardless of what motherfuckers don't know, that's a military stronghold position right there in terms of geography. New Orleans, if China was to come here to America, they would see the significance of the geography of New Orleans in contrast to the United States and the importance. Fresh water come out that motherfucker. Motherfuckers don't understand it. That's a, that's a balance between fresh water. Fresh water and salt water connect with land. That should go back before Europeans even got to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then after the five Great Lakes, Lake Pontchartrain is the next largest, you know, natural lake in the in the country. People don't understand that. So we got plenty of drinking water, plus we got the trade, plus I was just in the Gulf of Mexico a month ago fishing with my partner. It's a 30-minute drive from my door. You feel me? So, like, it's a very strategic spot. It wasn't just about, you know, White folks want to gentrify where we live because they want to retire. It was about breaking up the stronghold. Like, man, we still know our roots. Like, when you, if you ever, y'all ever heard of the second line where our brothers dress up in their traditional African garb on what we call Super Sunday that we have, like, once a month, where it be thousands of people in the street where the traffic can't get through, the police can't do nothing but just let us do our thing? Have y'all, anybody on the line ever heard of that? Yeah, I heard of it. Okay, well, now when you go to the second line, it's white folks out there and white vendors, you know, that, you know they're, they're, they're watering us down. Mm-hmm. And so, so my plea to all of y'all is anybody you know from Louisiana, support them, support their efforts, uh, come down and be a part of what we're doing because it ain't just for us. It's it's like it's a tremendous. This is a tremendous stronghold for black people. But you know, after the storm, like first of all, Hurricane Betsy hit in in 1968. New Orleans had a million people, and we had a bad hurricane, and then our population dropped down to seven hundred thousand, and then. Katrina hit, and we were sitting at 680-something with 70-something percent black. Can you imagine that? Like how y'all wake up in New Haven and in New York every day and see crackers everywhere? We, we didn't live like that down here. Like, I ain't seen nobody white on my street, never, unless they was coming to buy crack. 
not even the mailman. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Like, nobody white. Like, it was a sea of Africans. And they blew up these levees, and after they blew up the levees, only 300,000 people returned. So we now we're sitting at 63% black. But every day we lose ground because, man, you see these white folks in here, they got Connecticut license plates, New York license plates, California license plates, everybody from everywhere. They come in now. You know, the Archdiocese of New Orleans brought in 30,000 Mexicans. <coughs> Just brought them in. And then the city then appropriated them a space on the city council. The city then appropriated them schools for their people. So it ain't just about, you know, them wanting to make a, this a white haven. They wanted to bust up the the dynasty that we was having as black people. You know, when you see, you look at Houston, you look at Atlanta, people, I might I might offend somebody on the line, but the empirical data will support this. The reason why New Orleans ain't as big as Houston and Atlanta is because we, we are, it's a small place of land, man, and it's all below sea level. You can't, we can't build them big skyscrapers like they do in Houston and Atlanta. So I watched Atlanta and Houston grow and grow and grow and grow beyond us, Mainly because the first reason is because of the topography, but the second reason is because there was a stronghold of African here where businesses were afraid, like the big major companies were afraid to come down here and set up shop because they would have been forced to deal with the African. That's the truth. I remember when Atlanta Skyline had the Coke building and, and them two other old stone buildings they had, and that was it. And we ain't talking about ancient history. That was just like 30 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what them crackers did was they took the infrastructure to where they could control it and dominate it. And we still managed to do pretty good for ourselves down here, you know, in terms of building an infrastructure. But the real issue is that they're trying to displace us because of the stronghold we had on the politics. You know the only state that carried Jesse Jackson when he ran was Louisiana. You know why? Because at the time, New Orleans was sitting on 800,000 niggas, and every one of them voted for Jesse Jackson. Not that I ain't no Jesse Jackson fan. I'm just saying he was a black man, and we stood is what I'm trying to say. When they saw that power, they were like, oh, fuck no. We can't have these niggas doing this kind of shit. And then with that port being there and the, and the significance of the port, they was like, oh, hell no, we got to do something. So what did they do? They used this storm. The storm had them passed, man. People actually was outside cleaning up their yards and shit. That's why there was such a high death toll. People had to came out back into the streets to, to survey the damage. And then there was a succession of three loud explosions that we heard. My mother was the woman that testified, if y'all was watching C-SPAN last week, my mama was the one with the long locks that said she heard the explosions. She ain't lying. So it was a mass murder. That's what, that's what it was. I want everybody on the line to know Katrina didn't kill us. We done lived through so many uh, hurricanes, it ain't funny. We used to the flood and all that shit. But we talking about in a matter of seconds. 
the streets went from dry, you know, not dry because of that rain, but they went from wet with no flooding, and in a matter of minutes, my whole downtown of my city was flooded with the force that where the water was knocking houses off foundations. That's how quick it came. And they, they did that because they're afraid of the ingenuity of the Africans. Like the first light to come on in downtown New Orleans after, the, after that tragedy was the light on, in front of my door on my street where we went and took the lights out of a, a street light, a, re, a green light, red light, yellow light. We took that out of there and then liberated us some car batteries from the cars and used that to create power. My house was one of the first shops in New Orleans operating downtown after the storm. Thousands of people came through my house to get clean clothes, to get detox, to get a decent meal. We built a big bonfire in front of my house where it still sits, the, the bricks from it still sit in a commemoration because my mama just don't have the heart to take it down because of the memories. So what I'm trying to tell y'all is that was about them attacking the last bastion of us. That's what that was about. And now they got the people so starving that, man, there's still people down here living in their houses. With, the houses ain't been fixed since Katrina. The walls is gutted out, no electricity, but that's their shit, so they there. You know what I'm saying? And, they, and we living like that down here because we're trying to hold on to, to our stronghold. So what they're doing is if you got the gall to get involved in the politics, they'll just buy you out. Every black politician we got right now, in office, they they Negro pen. <clears throat> when it was a day when we didn't have that shit, they they didn't allow that shit where I live. Come see it. Anybody want to come to New Orleans? I live at seventeen thirty three North Durgeon Walk. I got a place for you to stay. I take you around and show you what I'm talking about. <laughs> Brother, tell us something. Well, so, what's the demo, demo, uh, demographics looking like now after the flood? In terms of population? Yes, sir. Last I heard, we sitting at 63% black, which I don't believe because before the storm, we had no Mexican population. And now them bitches is everywhere and they got all the city jobs and shit and can't even speak English to you. Um, you know, after the storm, they fired all of the black tenured teachers from New Orleans and brought in Teach for America, which is young white kids paying off their student loans by working in the poor neighborhood for two years. And so, like, we have such an influx of people, you know, we really won't know until, you know, the dust settles because, you know, the census ain't never right. Black people don't fuck with the census anyway, at least where I stay. We don't fuck with the census. But um, I'm thinking right now, just from what I've seen in the last five years, man, I'm thinking really we're sitting at about 50-50 now. And they keep lulling us to sleep by telling us it's at 63% black. But, you know, the effects don't support that. Like, you know, the the elections of these white officials and, you know, um, all the new 
commercialized right. business I see here. Like, you know, before the storm, any, don't. Any new demographics out there? Any, anybody new other Latinos down there who ain't been out there? Other than whites, Latinos? Who else, who else down there in New Orleans now? New Englanders. <laughs> White New Englanders. Mm-hmm. I heard, That's I heard here. Asians have been down there. I heard uh, my partner says even Asians down there now. Well, I ain't gonna lie. We always did have a Vietnamese population, but see, they had they when they came, they settled out in the, the part of I was telling you New Orleans East out in the swamp. So like, yeah, always, I look they, of Vietnam. They, Some of the parts look like Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they always been here, but um, I mean, they all always been here in a substantial amount. See, we got a lot of people down here. That's Puerto Rican, that's Cuban, where you would just think they black American until you talk to them. And it's always been like that. But the biggest influx of people have been Mexicans and white New Englanders, you know, with their uh with their uh hybrid vehicles and you know y'all know what I'm talking about. The motherfuckers that got tired of living up there and all that all that snow. And all that, you know, and, and all that concrete, and they done come down here and discovered how how pretty it is where I live, and now they want it. But I don't really think that that's the issue of why they're coming here. I don't think it's because they want to live here, per se, because of, cause they ain't really shit here, but the hospitality industry, the fishing, you know, the, the gamesman industry. But I think they're being recruited to come here. I think they're being told to come here, and they're getting the A1 jobs, <coughs> and they're pushing us that out. About, that program you're talking about, they got similar shit out here where they got, um, when I finished up my, uh, my BA and shit, they had some shit where if you was a teacher, and it was mainly for Europeans too, white folks, if you was teaching math or science, one of the one of those sciences, you 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 have you can get the, the, them to pay back your student loans if you took a pledge when you got your teacher certificate to teach in low income neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Us. Yeah. That same yeah. program out here. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, down here it's called Teach for America. Man, let me tell y'all something. If I just ran down to you, we had a, a white teacher was fucking the students. We done had a girl get raped at the school. Little girl. We done had a boy be forced to give fellatio to another boy. I'm talking about six- and seven-year-old boys on school property. And the only person that got convicted in each case was the black student. Like, like they wasn't even on somebody's watch. You feel me? Like, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. But, you know, I do want to tell you, one thing about New Orleans is... <sighs> You know, there's a couple pockets that I visited in New York where I knew it was some serious shit. And there's a couple of pockets in other places I've been to, like, you know, South Side Chicago, where I knew it was some serious shit. But there's only seven zones in America that are designated as what they call hot zones, where if racial unrest jumps off tomorrow, the federal government's sending troops straight to them spots. And New Orleans is one of them because... We 
down here, like that's what I was trying to the distinction I was trying to make with the sister. This ain't this ain't the typical this ain't the Georgia yes sir South in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we don't take that shit down here. You know, like we we buck because this has always been a black city, so we ain't have to deal with that with that component of the racism. Now we had to deal with the institutional shit that's mandated by the system. When I'm talking about individual interactions on a daily basis of you just living and bobbing around New Orleans, you didn't have to deal with none of that because we told them motherfuckers a long time ago we wasn't dealing with that. My mother was the first black woman to be president of the NAACP in America. Now, the NAACP ain't shit no more, and she don't fuck with it no more. But I'm talking about back in the day when they was really trying to do some real shit. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you know, Andrew Young and all them niggas who sold out at the end, they all started off as young, real cats out of New Orleans. And, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, Marcus Garvey came here more than he, than he went to New York, man. That's, in the That's not true, family. Come on now. <laughs> that, that is not true. Now, you can tell it me how Garvey true. came there. Garvey lived here. What are you talking about? Listen. Bobby left. In fact, when he got out of the prison, out of New York, right? In fact, when they sent him out, when he got out of Atlanta prison, they sent sent him. He came back to New York. He left. In fact, no, correction. When he got out of Atlanta prison, they took him down to the docks of New Orleans to send him out of this country. Hey, that's African folks right there to have both both y'all argue over. Where Garvey, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's real. No, we're talking about facts here. And I want to say something I, I, else, too. The implication, I, 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 the implication that I imply that y'all in New Orleans is on some sucker shit wasn't the case. That's incorrect about what went down in the previous conversation. Never, wait, what does sucker shit mean? Because I never said sucker oh, shit. Oh, well, not sucker shit. That, 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 that y'all take shit from the cracker. That, I never implied I said, that when I mentioned I the Bible you, Belt was in the South. I said that. the Bible Belt was in the South and say jack shit about New Orleans. I never said you implied that. I said you implied that. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this conversation because I record all my calls. So this is, this is recorded. Say, That's the beautiful thing about this program. I know. I ain't say you. I, matter of fact, sister, I ain't said nothing to you or directed towards you since we had the last. Brother, you just mentioned how you was trying to that that you was trying that to. I uh, was trying to make a differentiation. That right, I and, and, and I'm coming in that that, 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 that I'm coming in saying that that is an incorrect implication of the discussion that we had. Because I never Look, implied man. that family members in New Orleans okay. are caught up in the religions of perversion. Okay. I mentioned so that you, the Bible so was in the South. So I was dealing with the conditioning of our people. So we're talking about a conversation where people are feeling some kind of way and all that, and that's what you brought up. It, to me, it seemed like you're feeling some kind of way. Because I, if I had something to say to no, you, brother, I, I just to heard you. you. Brother, I ain't have nothing to say to you. I just heard you mischaracterize the conversation I, that we had. I didn't, I didn't mischaracterize nothing. I said that in I. In my opinion. In my opinion, you did. That's why I just I came back in. was attempting to make a differentiation. That's what I said. That I was attempting to make a differentiation. That's what I said. Brother, you said you was trying. 
tell me what you said when you brought my name up just now. You didn't say my name. You said the sister. Repeat what you had just said. I said that I was trying to make a differentiation that New Orleans is different from the surrounding areas. New Orleans is different. That's what I've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, that we are, uh, we are way different than what surrounds us. And, brother, that is a mischaracterization of what I have said. That's why I came no, in. No, because no, I never not. said. That's, that's my opinion of where we're at. I wasn't even thinking about you in terms okay. of right. what your conversation right. was. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hallucinating. Nobody heard him say this is what he was trying to tell the sister, that New Orleans wasn't like the rest of the South, that New Orleans was about that black power. I'm, now, you ain't say black power. I'm saying that now. I'm paraphrasing you. I said African, Africana. That's what I. It's okay, brother. Black power. Okay. Well, I mean, it's synonymous. But I, you, I was just telling you the word I used was Africana. Why would Why would Marcus Garvey come stay here? Answer that. Why would he come stay here? Same reason why he came to New York and started the UAM chapter here first, right? Because he felt like-minded. He felt like he found. You asked me to answer the question, so I'm answering it. He found like-minded Africans. Okay. He went all and over then, this country, set up chapters where he found like-minded Africans. Do you know the history? Do you know that if I call, look, I can call the Garvey, the man who won the Garveyites right now in America out of D.C., and he will tell you the significance. The the lady who I'm talking about that lived on my street, she was considered the mother of the Garveyites. Why would he come put that kind of power here in a city that was 34th largest in the country? Again, brother, because he found like-minded Africans there. Yeah. What part so you ain't you, here? You, so you interjected when I said Marcus When, when you mischaracterized... When you mischaracterize the dialogue between me and you, that's when I interjected. No, you interjected when I said that Garvey. I'm telling you, you're gonna tell me, brother. You're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me. You came in the you're conversation. Gonna when when I I said, you're gonna tell me why I interjected. You in my mind. I didn't say why. I, 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 I did not when. have nothing to say to you. Brought up the dis- when you mischaracterized the discussion the between me and you, sister. Sister, you came into the conversation and cut me off when I said Garvey stayed in New Orleans just as much as he stayed in New York. That's Brother, I'm going to speak soft for you. I'm going to speak soft for you so you can focus on what I'm saying. I came in when you mischaracterized the discussion. You, you said, and that, this is what I was trying to tell the sister. I'm paraphrasing you now. That no, New Orleans wasn't like the rest of the South. All right. You came into the conversation, and the first thing you said was, that's why I'm going to stop you right there. Right, because you when brought I- up our discussion. I no, when I, said, your, yo, when I I'm, said, I'm done with it, brother. Oh, no, I'm, done with it, brother. My... I'm done with it, brother. I'm done with it. Oh, oh. I'm done with it, brother. And for I mean, the record, can, can and for the record, I like to interject that the NAACP was a traitorous organization from its conception, from the very first meeting to formulated that took place in Niagara Falls, 1909, April 27th. Okay. And I'd like to run created that. by the Cracker Beast Jews, and run like by them, including the Crisis newspaper. And I'd like to and I'd like to interject that New Orleans became the stronghold it was politically because of the influence that 
and the and the way that the NAACP was able to galvanize its black people before we realized what the NAACP was. So I don't know. So you know, like I, you know, I made the statement that you know we don't fuck with the NAACP no more. I made that statement. So like, I mean, you know, I know the history of it. it was and, a I, and so do I. In fact, I've just finished a wonderful documentary on it by Professor William Mackey, dealing with how the NAACP from its conception, conception created by Cracker Beast Jews. Up here north with, with the mulatto W.E. Du Bois. And how okay. no local, how no branches throughout the state, throughout the country, could do anything without getting the okay from the home office in Midtown Manhattan. Okay, so you are unaware then in that history that you're spewing from this documentary that there were several in the early 60s to late 60s, there were several black people that took leadership positions in the NAACP and were able to actually galvanize some shit, including Chairman Fred Hampton, which was my mama's comrade. Was he an NAACP when he got shot? Was he an NAACP member? I said before I started that in the beginning, when they Brother, were using that as a the, tool. When was the NAACP formed? You just said that. You just said the answer. Come on, man. No, no, no. I didn't give you the answer when it was formed. I gave you the. I told you about when the first meeting to formalize it took place. When? Because you know the history. So I'm asking you to give the family the date. Look, was the NAACP formed? Let me tell you something. First and foremost, what the fuck do that have to do with what I'm talking about? Now you want to say that shit because you can't just because now you can't discredit. Brother, who's because cursing? you can't discredit, you can't discredit brother, Chairman right, Fred. Brother, ain't nobody trying to discredit you. Who's cursing? I'm talking, I didn't say me. You I said you know the history, so I'm asking you to share you it with said, the family. What's wrong with sharing with mother, the family? When I said my mother was in the NAACP, you came back with that old, it was it was. You're talking about your mama. This ain't like, thinking this that you was making a crap. Don't put your goddess mother in this conversation. This ain't got nothing to do about your beautiful goddess mother. Don't put her in this conversation. There were black soldiers. There were black soldiers. I'm dealing with the fact who, that it's a, a mischaracterization of the NAACP. It's a traitorous organization, and it has always been. What mischaracterization did I make? I didn't make no mischaracterization. What I said was that at one point, before black people on, and as, a, as an entity realized what it really was, that true black soldiers were involved at the highest levels, or, you know, on state levels. That's what I said. And that's the truth. That's the truth. How do you think Fred got to be a Black Panther? First, he was the NAACP. He well, used that platform. He, listen, brother, that's your truth. I don't know that. That's why I'm glad you're on here educating us. But the Fred Hampton that I know about, he was a Black Panther. He wasn't an NAACP member. So there had man, to be a look. reason why he bounced from the NAACP. Look, man, do, do we need to call Lil Fred so he can tell you? Do we, look, I, brother, I, don't I, don't, got, I don't care who you need to call. What's I'm here, asking well, you. He was a black panther. Why did he leave the NAACP? Look, that's Excuse like, me? The point is he, he, he was an NAACP member. He once was where he was, um, he was assassinated as a black panther member. He left the NAACP. 
uh, per uh, our guest's understanding of what the organization actually He was. left the NAACP uh, at the same time my mother did, which is really? what I said before I started what, speaking, that until yeah, but, they until black people realized what it really was. Listen to me. Listen to me. I got it. 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 Because that's exactly what I was saying. Is that, you know, he left it. As in, and as you just said, around the same time that your mother left the organization also, but the organization at early onset, because it was an organization aimed at being for black people, it was used by people to galvanize the uh, people for political reasons and such at, at different times at its early onset. Yeah, and also what I was trying to add, though, is that, the reason why my mother is nationally known and the reason why Chairman Fred was able to get to the point where he was nationally known was because of that platform. No matter what you say about it, that's where they started. That's how people in different states and whatnot got to know what Chairman Fred was talking about and where he was at with it when he had that exposure through the NAACP. That's where he began. That's what I'm saying, and that's truth. If your man left that out of his documentary, shame on him. Because the documentary the was about the history of the NAACP, not Fred Hampton. Well, or your beautiful goddess you mother. But I'm glad do. you brought that you up because do, I want to see if I can, if I, I see if I can change you don't mention, the dialogue. You don't mention Chairman Fred? you damn right. you damn right. How, how you damn do you right. not mention him? Easy. Not brother, brother, if you want to go there, I mean, no, I want to stay with the organizations because that's the problem that we're facing now. We're facing the reality that a lot of these organizations that are supposed to be for a BB for Hodier are really co-opted. They are really um, infiltrated anything, anything by, by, C3 brother, I'm, I'm, brother I'm, 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 I'm speaking here, if you'd be so kind. And I mean, I was, is, I was speaking when you said I'm going to stop you right here. If you were so, so, kind. so you, you, know so you want to finish your thought? So you want to finish your thought? You want to finish your thought? So no, finish I just want to make my point that we ain't got no rules of order. Because clearly you want to go check for cats. So you know what I'm saying? Hold on, Africans. Hold on, Africans. Listen. Hold on, Africans. Now we got rules of order when I'm speaking. Can you just jump in when you want to? Listen, man, hold on. Hold on, brother. Be honest. I don't want to say this right here, period, regardless of whatever's going on is that besides the two parties speaking to each other on the line, there are several other callers on the line also. So now, just for the audience, if y'all want to continue this dialogue, I'm just saying that it's an audience out here also that's listening. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna tell you where I think the conversation got off track. I'm from New Orleans, man. I say what's on my mind. I don't have to, you know. I don't come around no corners. I just say where I'm at. You feel me? And four or five times now, this sister then took what I said and made it how how she wanted to project it. And then when I come back with empirical data, it's it don't matter. If the if the NAACP what empirical y'all stop the madness you know you're projecting in my opinion what empirical it data? is a, it is empirical data that Chairman Fred was in the NAACP who who denied that well I asked you when he got shot was he an NAACP member 
That's all I asked. No. Because okay, that, so that's but, all that had I, to be but given. I, but I spoke on yeah. that before I mentioned the NAACP. I said my first statement was before we as a community collectively realized what the NAACP was, that strong soldiers throughout the country were gravitating towards the NAACP. That's what I said initially. All right, Smoke all right. Crack. Or we or not. And another okay. fact that I brought up so that everybody is clear about what y'all found out about the NAACP, that it's been a traitorous organization from its inception. So why would you have a problem with me saying what you telling me that the people, our family members in New Orleans figured out for themselves? Because what I'm trying to tell you is that <laughs> even though it was a traitorous organization, it spawns beautiful shit from the true soldiers that was involved when they got disenchanted with it, they went to real shit, like my mama, like her comrade, Chairman Fred. That's what I was trying to tell you. That was my point. Okay, brother. That, Thank you that for even telling in me. The, even in the midst of it being what it was, my mama still cut up down here. Thank you for telling me, but going back to where I was going with this, uh, traitorous organizations like the NAACP, like the King of the Coons, Sharpton National Action Network, will give the illusion of uh, fighting this white supremacy, this cracker beast uh, uh, society, only to find out that their whole purpose is to keep us complacent and to keep this slave society as is. Yes, I agree with that. Every time Al Sharpton comes to New Orleans, my mama run him out of his own events. He leaves. He don't want to have no conversation in public, nowhere around my mama. So I, I, I understand all that. Anything 501c3 is co-opted. Anything. If it ain't grassroots, it's just another corporation, period. That's how we rock down here. Tell them what that 501c3 is, brother, for those who don't know. Go on and tell them what that is. You, I mean, basically what it is is NASA going to help you to get your liberation. Bullshit. That's all it really is. It's a nigga going to get paid off of our struggle, exploitation, missionary, uh, 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 what you call it, uh, mercenary. That's all that is, period. It don't need no different, no more of an of a explanation. That's what that is. It's where you go set up a foundation to help some people, and you get a status where you can get federal grants and where you can get uh, monies donated by people who can get their money back from the government because it's tax deductible. And if the government puts you in this situation, why would they pay for you to get out of it? Period. It's all a scam. Like the exactly. Red Cross. I.e. churches and mosques. Mostly non-profit organizations because because they, they 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 get their money and they can't talk about public affairs. They can't talk about a, politics. Yeah, because well, you know what made them not be able to talk about the politics is the the first order of business that George Bush did when he got in office. The first thing he did the day after his he took office was he created the faith-based initiative where they could get this money from the re religious organizations, but they could not have an opinion. See, back in the day, what motivated black people to get up and do something was the church 
used to fucking be the insider, the spot where everybody could go and, 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 and you know, formulate their ideas of how to move. They can't do that any longer. But, you know, I'm going to make some people mad maybe on this phone, but I got to tell you, although I must admit that in this country, the Muslims have the greatest show of blacks being together in terms of numbers, I don't respect that shit either. Because Farrakhan talk all cold on them fucking videos that he make, but can't nobody, just like the NAACP, can't no chapter nowhere make no move on no kind of radical level without his authorization. That's why they don't do shit. Period. And every and every fucking Muslim event I've ever been to, including the Million Man March, was a fucking recruiting tool for the nation. And nothing more. Say that again, brother. <laughs> I said that every fucking event I've been to nationwide, from fucking California, from Oakland to D.C. to New York to Atlanta to Chicago, every event that I've ever been to that had anything to do with the nation, including the Million Man March, was nothing more than a recruiting tool for the nation, period. That's all they was interested in, and it shows, period. I told you I don't deal with no religion. I don't deal with it because I see through that shit. I second that. Everything you go is recruitment. I second that, Brother B. I definitely know what you're talking about, man. Everything that they do is recruitment. They make you, they ask you to raise your hand. If you if you believe what I said was good, and good for you and your people, then raise your hand. Oh, oh man, you, look, let me tell you something. Bro, let me tell you something. You know, man, I done been in a situation where, you know, I done had them tell me, you, you would make a good minister. Come this way. We got a spot for you. All this here. I done been in that situation. You just need to clean yourself up, brother. That's all you need to do. And you can come be a minister with us. I understand what the play is with that shit. So, I, you know, I can't respect it other than, like I, have to, I said, I have to admit, you better not go nowhere near the mosque trying to fuck with the minister because they will fuck your ass up. You feel me? So they can show a unity. But at the same time, they're not giving shit to their people, man. And, and the hierarchy is living like white Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't rock with that shit. But I ain't just limited to them either. You know, I, I think all them religions is on that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And another example of an organization being infiltrated and also being at the um, beck and call of the enemy. Damples, Malcolm X, Dr. Khalid Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Well, look, let me tell you this. This is what, but see, sister, when you say that, I agree 100%. But that's what I said at the beginning of the conversation when we was on a different topic. I said pretty much 90% of what you do out here is infiltrated. Like right now, I'm trying to go get a law degree, but fuck. You know, even if you go to Howard University, which is supposed to be a historically black school, it's still infiltrated. You know what I'm saying? So, like, 
we stuck in a position where we either have to create our own institutions, period, or what, what institution can you be involved in that ain't tainted? That's what I was saying from the jump. Like, it's a, it's a hard situation. Like, man, we just had a free concert, right? And I had a whole bunch of my nieces and my daughters and stuff with me. They begged me to go to the concert. So I took them to the concert, Dougie Fresh, Ricky Smiley, some other shit, right? So I'm standing there looking at the free concert. I look at the stage, Walmart, Coca-Cola. I start thinking to myself, damn, these motherfuckers, this is, this is a tax write-off. They're getting paid even though it's a free concert. You understand? So I try to go to Dougie Fresh and say, Dougie, man, you see the play? You feel me? Now, Dougie's supposed to be a conscious nigga. You feel me? Man, Dougie didn't even want to holler at me. Yeah, I don't even know him to be conscious. And, Dougie, and, and that conscious all. shit don't Dougie mean that to me anyway. Dougie challenges. He inside challenges. Not at all. He ain't conscious about shit. All you know, right. I'm saying, I'm saying that Dougie Fresh is a Scientologist straight up and down, so... Anything about conscious, he's conscious of that Scientology, Zenu, he's fucking with Farrakhan, uh, uh, Engrams, and shit like that. So let me ask you this, then. So who is conscious? I don't know. Like, I hear, you know, I, hear, I don't think you can be, I don't think you can be focused on economics through the capitalism way and be conscious, period. Mm, yeah. uh, like, uh, me neither. You're going to be, because you're going you're gonna to be conflicted. Like everybody running around, everybody running around, you know, talking about Dr. Umar Johnson. When I know this nigga stealing, this nigga running with Anna McMillian, who from past Christiane, just 30 minutes down the road from my house, who came to my city and told me flat out, look, man, you talented. We could, we could get rich. Just let me be your manager. I was like, manager? I said, man, I don't do this for no money. I'm out here trying to enlighten my people. She said, man, you got to live. You deserve to eat. I said, man, you tripping. She said, shit, I got to get my Birkin bags. That's what she told me. You feel me? That's who his manager is right now. So I come out three years ago. Yancey, no, I'm not lying, on the Facebook and said, man, Umar is a pimp. He running with whores. Everybody said, man, B, you hating, you tripping. You mad because that man getting money, this, that. I said, no, man. I know him. I don't know the I don't know the tabloid version. I know him. The motherfucker didn't believe me. So now he get caught with the stripper, the conscious stripper. And I said this shit four years ago. Then his, you know, a tenth of his platform is respect for sisters, but yet he paying for pussy. How that's respecting sisters? You feel me? I, like, I don't get, like, why niggas don't see the contradictions. You know, it's like we're so eager to, to to exalt a king that we ain't realizing that we got to go back to the basis. It's about sacrifice, and it's starting with brothers, like, on this, and sisters, like, on, on this line that understand that, you know, you can't serve two masters, man, meaning the the, the pseudo-religion, the dollar via, you know, capitalism. You know, the simplest thing about capitalism to understand is what's the root word? You know what I'm saying? What are the derivatives of capital? You know what I'm saying? If you just look at it like that, it's about a competition. And if it was a fair competition, 
everybody would have started at the same starting block. You feel me? So I, my point for saying all that is that's why I said we have to start showing a force intrastate because there are no organizations out here, period. Nowhere we can go for refuge, period, but ourselves. So we have to figure out how we can develop a code to rock. Now, the sister, I'm talking to you now, sister. What's your name? Because I don't want to just call you sister. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm listening both places. My name is Sister Camille. Sister Camille? Uh-huh. K-H-E-M-I-A. Okay. Sister Camille. All right. This is what I want to tell you. As humbly as I can. You know, my objection to your tone was simply because I don't I don't I don't believe that discourse has to be that passionate. And I believe once it gets to that it's no longer discourse. I believe that it's it's beef, you feel me? And one reason why I hate to get into situations like that with sisters is because my respect for my people, I live by a code where I can't just do you the way I would do a nigga. You feel me? So, like, you put every you put every brother. I, fuck that. I'm gonna speak for myself. You put me as a at a disadvantage when I'm trying to communicate with you. When you take it to a level like that, because. I live by a code where I can't treat you the way that you was treating me. You feel me? So I'm not saying it was wrong or right from your perspective. I'm saying you challenge my code when you do that to me. Because if you come down here, come visit, I walk my hood. You can walk my hood with me and see the respect I get out here. And I earn that. Like, nigga, don't play with me out here. You feel me? So, like... What I'm trying to say is I, I I don't disagree with your passion, but if we all family, you could talk to me, you know, and let me see the love and the nurture from you, and that'll probably do better to get me to understand what you're saying rather than trying to combat me. Now, I know some of that is that New York shit, you feel me, but but at the same time, we're trying to build a family, and you know, like, like how the tone you was in. Had you was been a dude, I would have just went left. You feel me? But I couldn't do that, like I said, because of how I rock and how I project myself. So, like, when I'm at when I'm in that type of situation, the first thing I I, I do usually is I fall back because I can't I can't I can't muster up the energy that you're bringing at me against you and still be comfortable within my skin. You feel what I'm saying? 
Let me, partly, let me I ask do. You. Let me ask partly, 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 I do understand what you're saying, but again, I'm not from where you're from. Where I'm from, we talk like this with each other all the time, and nobody, no, nobody take it as you beefing when we are having this kind of dialogue out in the street. You know, when you're passionate about something, because we African. You know, I'm not a cracker beast. I don't go by the cracker beast standards. Oh, you got to speak this way. Oh, you got to speak that way. You know, no, I don't. We we don't well, do that here. Hold on, brother. I let you, brother. I let you, brother, I let you finish. So allow me to finish my thoughts. Thank you, King. Where I come from, like you mentioned, where you come from, by your code, and you entitled, you are entitled. First of all, you're supposed to have your own structure or 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 a, a system of mores that you go by that you then develop for yourself. I respect that, but where I come from, this is how we communicate. This is how we give it up. And I I was brought up with. At the time when I got older siblings and them and cousins that were in the five percent nation, and you seen brothers in the cipher questioning brothers about today's mathematics, giving it up, and the tone was is how it is, you know. Yeah, you said and, brothers and, though, talking to brothers. I'm I'm saying me being a sister in that cipher. Okay, because I am not the average sister. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I don't want and it's a lot of me, there's a lot of sisters out here that's like me that is not gonna be uh the average sister in terms of what the socialization says we're supposed to be. Because we African and where I come from, when you speak passionately, you understand we know the difference between when you speak passionately in the bill session and when you on some rah rah shit. Yeah, but at the same time, Brother, you can't force your code on me now. That that would be no, cracking me slight. Wait, I'm not trying to force my code on you. But I'm saying, though, that I noticed on this conversation right here that we was having, you spoke as freely as you wanted to. But then when I started to get back with you, then everybody else was like, oh, brother, you know, brother, 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 brother. that's brother. not true. See, see, I and can't let you ride that, with that. That's not true. That. They only did that because you was a female. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, you It's wrong for you to speak for another man. Yeah, these on, men on here can speak for themselves. That's yeah, why. Yeah, hold on, brother. I didn't hear you. Know, I said, hold on, hold on. I cut in. Because I'm the one who cut in. And I cut in for the reason that I stated I cut in. If y'all are going to conversate with each other, then conversate with each other because I can't hear either one of y'all. Well, that's now, what I'm trying to tell her. Both of y'all. He I'm just said neither one of us, so he's referring to your tone as well, King. Yeah, I well, that's you. what I'm trying to tell you. I couldn't hear you. That's what I'm trying to tell you, and I, I can't hear you if you can't talk to me with no with no nurture involved in it. I can't hear you. Well, I can't help. The, I can't help your uh, a socialization of what a woman should be. I it can't ain't help about that. socialization it, of what a woman King, should be. It is, King. Whether you want to admit it, it or not, exactly it is. Exactly what that is, man. Thank you, Black No, it's out. not. No, it's not. Can, can I ask you this, bro? Can I ask you this, bro? I just want to say, man. It ain't no socialization. We talking about natural. We talking about natural, man. We talking about nature, period. It ain't about no socialization. I mean, she can talk that strongly, but, I mean, she can't whoop my ass. We, that's you, what as a man, you as a man, bro, you as a man should never have that 
feeling like that, like she coming to you trying to beef or something. But, I mean, you're a man, bro. Come on, man. My point come on, is, come on, wait, my but dude. See, well, I made gotta, the differentiation that, that I don't like nobody talking to me like that, male or female. I made but, that differentiation this twenty saying, minutes though, ago. Bro. But this is what I'm saying though. The the sister the sister didn't ever get disrespectful with you, bro. Maybe she would maybe now it's a difference the sister between disrespect. Hello, we talking and trying to build a sister cussing up a storm. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's why I can't hold on. Say this real quick, Kim. It's a difference between. No, I just want difference to say between disrespected and, and loud, my nigga. And you know we niggas. We loud, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's just how we do. We no, man. Bro. All that cussing and motherfucker this and motherfucker that. Hold on. Brother, I didn't do that to you. That's not true. That ain't how that's you are, up, King. That's not. Listen, this is recorded, so we all can go back and listen. Excuse me, Brother Tim, for interrupting you. You're the only one on here that's been cussing at people, bro. So that is disrespect, bro. I'm the only one that's been cussing. I cussed one time. If that's how I cussed one time. That's how you talk, bro. So why? Hold on, man. Hold on. Why can't you give her to say respect, my nigga? That's all I'm saying, bro. Wait, so I disrespected her? You're the only one being on the line cussing, cussing, my nigga. You don't know. Dog, I cussed one time, dog. Listen, man, hold up, man. Listen, man, this shit going into straight. Nonsense, man. We going back and forth over some motherfucking, uh, over some shit that we already thought thought was already clear. Now it's not been real. It was already clear. I don't know why it wasn't even brought back up, man. Huh? Because I told you from the jump. I decide how people Kimfo, gonna deal with Kimfo, me and handle me, this. dog. Let me ask you this, Kimfo. Would would there ever, would there have been any less truth for what she said if she would have said it in a in a uh prim and proper way, bro? I didn't you know say it doesn't take said, away from the truth. I said, speaking, I said right? without the without the unnecessary aggression. That's what I said. No, I didn't say prim and proper. I didn't say she had to kiss my ass. She could disagree all day. I ain't saying she yeah, had to I, have I, no certain. I have to say, you, you know what I'm saying? We warrior scholars here, my nigga. We warrior we scholars, bro. No, we love this shit, bro. Clear. We love this shit. We stand on this shit, bro. Well, you, you know what? I'm a, that, I'm a warrior. I was I'm, not, I'm not a scholar. I'm just a warrior. No, listen. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Listen, man. I thought this shit was clear. Well, thanks, man. And now, and now it's about whether whether she was aggressive with her tone. We already cleared that up. If that's how, if that's how, brother V, that's how you, you felt. All right. And if she felt like you was um, coming at her some kind of way, all right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Well, all if, I did was disagree hold on, hold on, with her. What I'm about to say. No, this is what I'm about to say. This is what I'm about to say. Now. If y'all both, because both of y'all uh, had to have some type of, uh, feel some type of contention between each other, uh, feel some kind of way, because both of y'all done spoke on it. You know what I mean? Now, y'all both agreed that it might have been that it's a misunderstanding because of, of how people's perspectives is, how people's nature is. People grew up in different environments, so they have a different nature, a different way of how they handle each other, how they deal with each other. So now I, this is this should be over with. This should be over with because this is what we all agreed upon. I, I thought that I thought that this was agreed on earlier. 
So now, if it's agreed on, we should not we have to bring this back up because it was it really was. I thought it was. And I thought we had moved on to some new things. Yes. How long? How long I've been talking to you, man? A couple years, right? Yeah, for a while. For a while. All right. And we yeah. done disagreed on some things. I ain't never felt the need to just come at you with all that aggression, man. We talk through the shit. That's what scholars do, first of all. <clears throat> but I'm not claiming to be a scholar. I'm saying, I'm saying Brother Vito, that's all, all, all the people saying is exactly, exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. When you live at in New Orleans, that's a different environment. Something different than what people might think that it is because you live. So your nature is going to be different. In other places and other lands, people's nature is going to be different. That's just going to be what it is. Like you said, you know, you might be living in a more African environment where around all them Africans, that y'all might have a different way that y'all deal with each other. You know what I'm saying? All, might come up all with I was trying different. to express to the sister was, she made the statement about, you know, I don't understand nothing she said, but I understand what y'all say. But look at the difference in how you addressing me and look at the difference in how you addressing me. Because we got different nature. Because we got, I'm just saying, so we got So I'm pointing out that it don't have nothing to do with gender. It has to do with how you're coming at me. No, listen. Brother, you brought this subject back up. You brought this back up. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't even know. She explained it. It's clear. It's clear. And like, that, you know, I'm speaking to you like this because this this is my nature at this point in time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This this is what it is. Now if I was if I was a little bit more hyper about something here, but this is this is just how I'm going right now. You know what I mean? And and that's just you know, everybody got different nature. Let's let us understand that. Let us understand that. Let us let us deal with that and just Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm trying to I say. Think. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. We can't build like that. It got to be a respect factor involved. No, no that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying about respect. Man. This is what I'm saying about respect. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have respect for each other, but we also got to respect that each other's nature is different. So it might not be you. It might be some give and take, and I'm not saying that you because y'all still been conversating. Y'all still been conversating regardless of how you felt how. How uh, she spoke to you, regardless of how she felt that you spoke to her, y'all still were able to have conversation. So y'all did some give and take. Y'all did some give and take because that's going to be African. Because we Africans all over, all over this motherfucker from different places. We got different dialects. You hear us on the phone right now. You everybody got different dialects on the phone. But we all fucking with each other on the on on the fact that we African. So something is going to be different. But our one thing going to be that we African, so let's move forward on that because it's going to be a little give and take. It got to, it's going to be a little give and take. And I'm not telling you just to take anything uh, at all that, that you feel like is, is super offensive. But I'm saying that at a point in time in conversation, you've seen that it wasn't something that she was coming at you in an aggressive manner as though it was uh, negative aggression. It was. It was just a, a passionate aggression in which she was speaking. And that was what was agreed upon. No, I, I, I ain't agree to that. That's why, uh-uh, I ain't agree ain't to agree that. that she was from New York. You, said, you even said that maybe it was that she I was said, from New York. You yeah, said that maybe it was from, from that when she was from New York. You said that. And she yeah, even said it also. That's what I'm saying. And she said it also that when she but that, she that, that, don't, mean that don't, don't mean I'm cool with it, though. No, I ain't saying that you're, you don't got to be cool with it, but you understood that, though. 
You understand. Yeah, but understand. But understand. But my point is, but understand that because I understood it, don't mean that I. You got to agree. Yeah, you don't that, have to. That's what I'll probably say that just because you understood it, don't mean you have to agree. But you understand. Yeah. So once okay, we understand so each other, is, so, so okay. So just, look, this is my point. So this is my point. So this is my point. So this is my point. If that's just her. And that's just, you know, how she rock or whatever. So then what if how I rock now is to respond and want to smash something? Then what? Then I'm tripping? No, hold you on, feel hold on. listen, listen, listen. No, no, hold on, hold on, listen, right? As you said, you understood what she was saying, right? You understood it. So once you get once you get to understanding, even though you don't agree, y'all come to an understanding so then that way y'all can still continue on and realize that Oh, I don't agree with I don't agree with how she's speaking, and I well, don't understand that she just goes understand, understand that she just gonna say what she wants, say how she wants to say it. To I didn't know. I didn't hey, let me. You can't let me. If you don't let me. Oh, somebody's supposed to check me for me being. Hold on, listen. If you don't let me finish. No, sister, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The point is out of respect for what we're trying to do. I didn't check you. That's the point. I'm about to mute the line. So look, this is what it is. If he so disrespected, that's what it is. If she so disrespected, that's what it is. Period. No matter what. That's how each other that's how everything and it came up. And it came out. Y'all understood where each other was coming from. She understood where you were coming from, with how your code is. You understood how she was coming from. She explained how she was coming from. So once I get to that understanding, even though you don't agree, understanding don't bring you to a point where y'all don't y'all stop the contention and you move forward with understanding that this is how this person is now in every situation. I don't think this like that, but I'm dealing with this African right here, and now I understand where she's coming from. So on this individual right here, I'm going to deal with this like that, and same thing with her, vice versa. She, she's going to understand that when you, ask, when you ask questions or when you have something that she feels is, is contention with the statement that she made, she's going to understand that you're just asking questions. You're inquisitive, and this is the manner that you ask your questions in. And she's not going to take it some kind of way. And then we can move forward. If not, this is going to be redundant for about another hour and a half. Because I'm not saying, you know, like, nobody should feel, like, listen, it's like, let's just move forward because everybody got understanding. And so we just, and y'all been conversating after. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's conversation after that shit. Let's, 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 just move. let's just move. Let's just move forward. Because if we want to move forward and to be before the, let's just understand who each other is. Like I said, we all got different language right now, but we still deal with each other. Some people say some shit that I don't really understand where they're coming from until they explain it. Then what's I all right then? Even though I don't agree with that terminology, I don't agree. I might not agree with that, but I understand exactly what you mean. And then we can move forward because this is that's what's best for the whole. We're doing what's best for the whole of the Africans right now. So as I said. That's the reason why I jumped in earlier about this. And the whole of the Africans still listening. So I didn't want even nobody cutting each other off. I didn't care about who was talking loud or who wasn't talking loud. I just cared about people cutting in on each other so then the whole of sentences wasn't getting out. That's all, the only thing that mattered to me. So now since we're done with that, it's Big Tank Thursday. 
And I'd like to ask the student, Brother Mikaron, if he can give us that uh, our daily affirmation, you know what I'm saying, and our uh, our daily statistics. If he if he's here, can we get our statistics, our most important statistics? Get our daily statistic right now. A, stati- a statistician is not is not available. But uh, I'll give the statistic as best as possible. Did you know that every year over fourteen thousand Russian women die? at the hands of their spouse. In 10 years in the Afghan war, they wanted 14,000 soldiers killed. Every, and this uh, number results to one Russian every hour. So since we've been on the line, three Russian bitches have died. Black power. Black three, three what have died? Black power. Would you say three what have died? Three Russian, three, three Russian died. Russian, Russian women. Good. Yeah, that's why we, you know, they're the manufacturers of it. You know, they they killing their own women right on off. They helping us out. So black power. Get at it, Russian. Yeah, fuck them cave bitches. Black power. Uh, they helping us toward that'll be before that year. They're helping us. Black power. They moving us forward. They moving us forward. You know. Did you know? You know until we get it up. Uh, uh, until we get it up. You know what I'm saying? You know. We moving, we moving, and and one thing I'm going to one thing I'm going to say though is all over the nation, even though in specific cities you might not see uh, fifty, hundred people working at one time, but if you look across these fifty states, man, you see fifty, hundred people working at the same time. You're putting that work in at the same time. You know, it's only until, they, until we unify each other, though, it's just like a needle in a haystack. And we all gonna die one by one. That's what we. That's what's happening right now. Uh, that's at the. That's at the moment. We have to begin at a turning point. We just turn the show. For sure, I'm just talking on. I'm talking on where we at currently. That's all. Yeah, we just turn the corner. Since we just turn the corner, we gonna make sure. You know, we're gonna we're gonna big up you know what I mean, we're gonna big up the wins that we getting. You know. And I'll uh, talk speed. Hold on. 
Did y'all know that on any given day, one out of eight black men are in jail, prison, or some kind of municipal lockup? The eight out of what? One out, one out of eight out of black eight. men on any given day are detained in some type of jail, prison, complex, something. Municipal jail, county jail, penitentiary. I don't yeah. mean they're all serving time. One of them yeah. might just be arrested for a ticket. Mm-hmm. One might be arrested for domestic violence, you know. Or set up by the uh, cracker beast uh, police, you know, or railroaded by the injustice criminal cracker beast system. The criminal criminal justice system. I say. Criminal justice system. The, the, you put up something that was quite troubling in the hangout regarding Black Lives Matter, and I don't know if you're going to get into that tonight. Um, well, man, you know, uh, that's, that's the new face being put on. Well, what, that's, that's the face that's being put on right now. And, you know, that, that was dealing with the Black Lives Matter, that, uh, now I'm gonna put flames. We might put flames to these to these bags on Saturday, but the bags are are pretty much um, taking the front seat in the at the face and via media, via the media, the homosexuals are taking the forefront as the champions of African liberation and of the. Uh, red, black, and green movement via media, via this propaganda that's being put out is spread amongst to the most uh, 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 to to the youth who are who are, are the most influential at this point in time on what it is to be African, what it is to have African liberation, what you should incorporate in African liberation, what are African standards, morals, moral race, and characteristics that will be acceptable on the whole by Africans. You know what I mean? And what First of all, to me, fags ain't African. No, that's all, exactly. You know, exactly. And so we have this uh, situation where a lot of this stuff is being pushed to our youth they're uh, running with the slogans, the Black Lives Matter, the main group that is uh, seeming to push this homosexual agenda, and we have this uh, incredibly excited, they be posing uh, something like that. Somebody has, uh, he has somehow taken uh, an African name with this, this uh, fag is, is young. He's out at a lot of different rallies. People bringing him out, speaking engagements, and he's um, he's out here, and he's he has to be getting paid because he's all over the place. And when you don't have a job, and you're all over the place, which as he explains, he quit his job. He bought he bought this, that, and the third, and he had these types of things. And he quit his job just to come out through this. You have to be able to get around doing this. So 
but somebody has to be put to bail, especially you as a type who like your bill for them. Or he could just be like me, man, and got a settlement from his job. Yeah, uh, but the the work that this the work that he did was not uh, the type that's going to get settlement from your job. Do y'all? Can I ask y'all a question? Do y'all know where Black Lives Matter the slogan started? Well, it's not the slogan in particular. I know where I know uh, the three women who took it and made it a uh, who made an organization. The slogan Black Lives Matter started when a nigga from the Ninth Ward New Orleans painted that shit on his roof while the helicopters was flying over him in Katrina. That's the first that's the first I've ever seen any of that media attention to the phrase Black Lives Matter. Does anybody on the line seen it before then? No, and I don't. I got I got to look back and see if I'm recollecting it then. I, I know they got video of it, so they got plenty of video. Oh yeah, I, I know. I've seen. I know. I've looked at footage and seen things spray painted on the top of people's houses and stuff like that. But I can't recollect that phrase in particular. Um, but I definitely do my due diligence on that, and I'll take your word for it as of right now. I don't want it to. I want you to do your due diligence. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that anyway for the, for the and, audience. And, and, I, and I asked humbly if anybody had heard of it before then because yeah. that's the first time I ever saw it as a slogan. Black Lives Matter was during Katrina. Well, it might have been written there, but what the brother said uh, in terms of what is uh, – it becoming a slogan online and now becoming an organization is being contributed to the three, uh, uh, I, I hate to even call them sisters, but to the three uh, women that uh, it has been contributed to. I heard somebody, uh, the editor from one of the magazines out of New York, one of the rap magazines, was saying gay people started it. Yeah, two other... Oh, yeah, they are gay. Two of them gay, and one of them, we don't know, but she might be gay, too. Might be bi, but two of them are definitely homosexual. And a whole slew of homosexuals that fly in the um, community. If you look up their website, you know, Black Lives Matter, if you go to the website, look at their statements, their statements are statements made directly towards that they're looking to protect the queers, lesbians, gays, trannies, and uh, all the rest of that stuff. And immigrants' rights. You lie. I'm so sick of black people talking about immigrants. What the fuck? (laughs) You know, the sister ain't doing no lying up here, man. Oh, I didn't. Wait, that's Uh, something we say now. Organization. Well, I don't, I'm gonna get all the, I'll get all the details for you. It was right they didn't, 
It's a, it was right after uh, what you call it, the Mike Brown hands up don't shoot, and that slogan was that slogan was brought about by a Jew think tank, and uh, Soros has something to do with that. George Soros has definitely has something to do with the uh, hands up don't shoot. So then, if, if they just started that shit after Mike Brown, then I I know for a fact that it was a slogan before Mike Brown. It was a slogan since at least that I know of since the 29th of uh, August 2005. Nobody's denying that or doubting that. Like the brother said, he's going to do his due diligence. But we're really talking about the organization. How, again, it's an example of an organization co-opting the red, black, and green, co-opting uh, our BB Fahodier, under the, under the guy and doing it under the guise. I already said that. They collecting funds, ain't they? Yeah, well, no, that's, you know they collecting the money. You know they collecting the funds. That was <laughs> white boy. That's the white boy who was down with him. They had a white boy down with him named Sean King. Where he that came in a lot of trouble for collecting money for Tamir Rice and money not going to the family like they supposed to. A white boy pretending to be black, just like Rachel Dozell. Man, Damn. look, let me tell you something. You know, I can't go too much in depth on this line. If y'all want to call me, come see me. We can talk about it. But I done shifted my shit to a different... I don't went to the penitentiary now and start asking for help from the penitentiary. Like we got, we got to start. We got to start offing these niggas, man. They just come up missing. Fuck, we just do it all the time. The niggas. Yo, and and, and and pardon me. Let me make sure I give accurate information. The thing that that happened was is that they they started Black Lives Matter. It started in the wake of July 2013 acquittal of George Zimmerman. You know what I'm saying? What the press? If the group, if the Black Lives Matter, um, can, hold on, man. Somebody got some shit going crazy, man. What is that, man? It ain't, it ain't my line. If you got any background or something like that, please put your phone down. I have to the line for you. Look for you. So please, if you got anything in your background going on. Thank you. Now, as I as I was saying, uh, the the group received, uh, you know, it got some new notoriety at the time of the Michael Brown. That's why I I seen it during the Mike Brown. I didn't I didn't see them um, during the Trayvon Martin thing, but um, the group boom 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 with Michael Brown, the Eric Garner, and uh, let me see. They, you know, they've been at the, they've been protesting at the Tamir Wright, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray. They, you know, they they move masses of people from state to state to protest too. The movement was co-founded by three black activists: Alicia Garza, Trees Colors, and Opal Tometi. Although the three run a stable website and organization, the overall Black Lives Matter movement is a decentralized le- network. It has no formal hierarchy or structure. The movement reached national awareness with the protests and unrest in Ferguson in August. 
in August 2014. The shooting of Walter Scott by a white policeman was recorded by a bystander who contacted a local activist involved with Black Lives Matter. They, in turn, contacted Scott's family to take possession of the video. Exploited. Yeah, they began as a hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Now, these are the type of people, these are the ones who, they go and say, they just go and get arrested. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know they just go and just, we're going to just stand right here and let y'all arrest us for, for no reason. Um, I don't I don't trust nobody who just go down there and just say, uh, just. Well, let arrest. me tell you something. The first thing that came to mind when you said that was, how can they keep doing that? Because I know if I get arrested one more time, I'm going to the penitentiary. So how can they keep doing that without having no serious repercussion? Because I, I can't figure out a way to make it work for me. I'm saying, like, you get arrested multiple times, go city to city, get arrested. And, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's very interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm serious. I, if I the next time I get arrested in Missouri, I know I'm going to the penitentiary. They done told me. Certain counties I can't even go in in certain places. Period. How they keep doing that and they ain't getting in no trouble. I can show you where I had to spend a thousand dollars to be the misdemeanor disturbing the fucking peace charge, man. And still they tried to fight. I had to keep setting it back, keep setting it back, because they tried to force me to take probation. How they keep doing that and not getting a jacket where it's affecting them? That showed me right there, they said. I'm telling you. When they out, putting people everywhere, you know, they, like I said, they busting people in to, 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 pro, to uh to be part of the city to city, wherever the new thing jump off, they go there. So what? So where them people stand when they bust them in? I, I guess at hotels. I would believe that. Hotels. That's what I'm saying. That's some fair it's shit, like, man. They getting stipends and shit. People getting stipends. Like seriously, they seriously getting stipends. That's some fair okay. shit, man. <laughs> you know, if it ain't federalities. You know, everything is the feds. But if it ain't federalities, what what it is is it's the people who play both sides of the of the coin. The people who funding the government to kill you and funding the people to go protest the government. But they fund them so they can put the protest on it the way that they want them to protest. So then that way the people don't get out of line. They got people out there already who saying, Look, this is how we're supposed to protest, this is how we're supposed to get justice. We're supposed to be yelling. No justice, no peace. Supposed to be yelling, hands up, don't shoot. We're supposed to lay down on the ground, let them arrest us right here. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how you get justice. If you go there on Saturday, like Farrakhan, when you go if you go to the Capitol on Saturday when there's nobody working, that's how you get justice. It's really just like how NAACP did it back in the day. You know what I'm saying? They they they're sending young brothers out there. You know what I'm saying? To do the to do the confrontation, you know, and uh, whatever would happen, they would already had the lawyers already 
you know what I'm saying, pretty much pretty much ready or, or somebody. But there was a there was a difference in that though, man. There was a difference now, in that now, though. This what I'm saying, this what I'm saying, as far as I'm comparing it as far as how they were sending people out different cities and stuff, able to mobilize big big numbers in different cities. I know out here in McKinney when that shit happened with the pool party shit, you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers bought in thousands of motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? One none of them from out here. You feel me? So I mean they you know what I'm saying? We know we know that they bring them in by the numbers. That's that's all I'm comparing it to on that level. Well look, what I wanted to add though is that like back in the day when they did that, man, like it wasn't no stipends and people were staying in people's houses. And like the big ma- the big ma- uh, big confrontation with Bull Connor and them, like what people don't understand is yeah they had the hoses that day and they stick the dogs on people, but really it was so much numbers out there that they it made a change. You know what I'm saying? Like how do you have that many people and not make a change? You know what I'm saying? The average police department, New Orleans police department ain't got but 300 police on duty at one any given time. They got three shifts, 1,200 total. You know, if we had 2,000 motherfuckers in New Orleans clowning in front of the courthouse on the day it was open, I could prove my point. Like, we could make a real change. They can't even arrest everybody. It's not even possible. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm trying to say, like, I think to me, that's some set up shit by the establishment. That's what it looked like that to me. Fucking right it is. Fucking right, right it is. Because who else? What other nigga? What other normal nigga got the money to goddamn put out? I mean, have you know what I'm saying? Lord, if the niggas it's on deck, bail money on deck. Them niggas was getting paid too. <laughs> Them niggas was getting. They was getting a little. Probably five couple dollars a week back then. I don't know. They were giving them some though. You know what I'm saying? They were yeah volunteers. Yeah, not, not members. You bring a man, right? You bring a man. You pay him a little. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you pay him a little stipend. You give him the bus there. You know you're gonna feed him. You know you're gonna give him water. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna eat. You're gonna drink. A lot of people be homeless and shit like that. People be volunteering for these type of things. They got protests. They got centers that that look for. Motherfucking people to come out and be paid actors at against civil disobedience events and things of that nature just to motherfucking make the goddamn scene. You know what I mean? So good and and um. To me, that's a mercenary though. I wouldn't want to stand next to that nigga. Now, now this all goes to on the Black Lives Matter, right? On the Black Lives Matter, I'm looking at it right. And I'm like, yo, maybe that's how it came about. It started out as a hashtag, right? So it started out as just a thought out there in the state. Now, once it got captured and became a, a movement, it easily, was co- it easily could be co-opted because you're dealing with lesbians. When you're dealing with people who are dealing with uh, perversion of the, uh, of the mind like that, they can be perverted to do other things. They don't know and understand who the enemy is because they're partaking the racism and white supremacy their own side. Because they they're the enemy, fuck. My nah. grandpa told me one time the most control, most confused and dangerous motherfucker you can find is a fag. Because they don't even know they self. Mm. And that's some real shit my old grandpa said. 
that's a dangerous motherfucker that you know you got a certain genitalia and a certain chemical makeup and you just going to say, fuck it, I'm going to be the opposite. Even though you're not the opposite, you're going to demand that a motherfucker see you that way. That's some sick shit, man. That's a psychosis. Ashay, and a psychosis that was put upon our people by the cracker beast. And, oh, yeah. and and that needs, you know, right. that, that's important. And the thing with the Black Lives Matter, um, it's I don't see this as being an organic movement. It's inorganic. These people were plucked by uh, the Cracker Beast's uh, small hats to set up an organization to counter the growth that was that is taking place with the RBG. Oh, hold on. Yo, listen, man. Hey, you know what? What the hell is going on? Yeah, somebody's leaving on extra hard on the damn phone. Well, um... They the fellas. Let me ask you a question. You answer? You know RBG Street Scholar? RBG Street Scholar? Nah. Nah, nah. Out of Atlanta? No, in particular, uh, I can't say that I do. I might be LP friends with him, but I I can't say that I um. Let's, so uh, I think it'll be beneficial if we could get him on the line sometime, Joe. Because right. that brother, he 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 knows a lot of history. He knows a lot of empirical data, current and past. All right. He got some online schools, an online college set up. I, I, I see his name was found somewhere, but I just can't. I know that I have a <laughs> person. But because of, because of that, I'll check into him. Yeah, go on his inbox and tell him I told you to holler at him. Because <clears throat> I didn't know a lot of shit about RBG until I, I met him. You know him and... Another cat and uh, Stickman and M1 was bringing out the RBG hard back in the day, and he said he had to quit fucking with Stick and RBG and uh, and M1 because they wanted to commercialize RBG. Mm-hmm. And so they took the name and ran with it in Atlanta and just cut him out, basically. That's the story he gave me. Wow. Well, that's what Black Lives Matter is doing. When they are uh, swinging uh, the flag, the red, black, and green flag, you know, that Marcus Garvey gave oh. us, That that's what they're doing. And I'd like to share a quote from uh, one of the Black Lives members. Uh, black Lives Matter is unapologetically queer, black, multiracial, feminist, digital, atheist, or at least non-denominational, and young. What? That's right. I'm going to read it for you again. Black Lives Matter is unapologetically, and this was by Gosa. Uh, He's one of, I can't call him a fag because I don't know, but most likely. Black Lives Matter, because only I can't see a a straight African man being all right with him. Black Lives Matter is unapologetically queer, black, multiracial, multiracial, so that means they down with the cracker beast too. Feminist, 
that feminist also means that digital atheist or at least non-denominational. So they down. They okay with religions of perversion, and young. And this is what they want to push out there. They're looking to co-op the minds of these young African warriors that are, are, are um, awakening. Mm-hmm. And, and you said the flag, waving the RBG flag. Guys, the reason why I shared the video, I shared the video of uh, this fag guy, the coach, and he's out and he's speaking at a rally. And this is the fag so sweet that, y'all, listen, you would think that you was looking at some type of parody that what you were saying was not in reality or, uh, or like, you know, a police rally, but this was some type of parody of a rally and fags had took over and was pretending to be uh, uh, Africans who wanted to speak to the people about the situation that was going on in their lives. This motherfucker is waving the flag while I don't know if he was twerking or whatever the fuck he was doing, but he's doing fucking humping back, fucking, he's, you know, and this is why when she reads this, this is why it states first, we're queer. How is Black Lives Matter first, first priority to be queer? Not black, not African, not black. The first shit is to be queer. What kind of shit? It's a thigh movement up and down. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. Every black fag loved the Cracker Bees. Yeah. You got to love where your ideology comes from. You know what I tell them motherfuckers all the time? Them fags be so mad at me. I say, bitch, okay, so you done got your gay wife, but you still a nigga. Now what? Fag, fag is stop you from getting, you know, the cops on two fags. Motherfucker mad because I won't support his abomination. Man, get the fuck out of here. You know what? Let me tell you something. Motherfuckers get mad at me, but we need to start doing what we used to do when we was little, nigga. Just beat up fags. Y'all, I don't know what happened to that. I don't know what happened to that. I don't remember when I was young. They made it a federal we, crime, it, nigga. That's what happened to that. <laughs> if you beat up a fag just because you was fighting him, it's going to be a hate crime, nigga. But you can kill a nigga behind supposedly selling cigarettes, but he ain't have a cigarette on him. And that shows you the... And please... I'm not ungrateful, but I'm realistic. It shows you the bullshit of the civil rights movement. Because, see, these are supposed to be civil rights laws that were supposed to be designated for our people. But look how it has been easily co-opted for the cracker beast, bitch, and for the motherfucking facts. Well, let me tell you what happened. That's why I was in Selma this year. Because what happened was all the shit that we got through the Civil Rights Act, all the legislation, including the Voters' Rights Act, was all gutted by black politicians sitting up there watching them do that shit, you know, and not saying shit to us. 
That's what happened. Most black people didn't even know that them laws were all gutted. Without it having to be gutted, brother, though, because, it, see, it's so nonspecific. You know, this is the second go-around with civil rights laws. You know, you had that same bullshit in the 1800s. Well, you know, you had I the Civil Rights Act. Why you had, I you had a Civil law. Rights Act, brother, that came about 1866, right? You had uh, the Voting Rights Act, which was under the is 15th that, Amendment that, that came about. Act? First, this is a second. I'm sorry, I want you to educate me on something real quick. 1866, you talking about what Brother Cornish and them was was doing in, out of New York? No, I'm talking about Civil Rights Act that the government instituted. I'll give you the exact yeah, date. Yeah, but who? But why did they institute it? This was after the emancipation, of the, the law of the Emancipation Proclamation, and our people were still catching hell. All right. You so know, you have to. You know what I'm talking you about, have, with brother? brother Cornish? I'm, I'm explaining to you. You have. 1865 comes about, and we are catching hell. 1865, you got black coal laws being started in Mississippi and being picked up throughout the South, right? So you have what comes next, thanks to people like Frederick Douglass and others, even though there's issues with him too, who was arguing what's going on here, the lynching, the murders, and all this shit. So the government passed the Civil Rights Act in 1866, all right? Starting, they started in 18, 1865, implemented 1866. Still catching hell, can't vote. This is before the Reconstruction period. The Reconstruction period starts 1867, and it lasts to 1877. So you have the Civil Rights Act that comes in, the very first one, okay? That's 1866. Then you have the Voting Rights Act which comes under the 15th Amendment, which came about in 1870. Admit jack shit, because as we see, 100 years later, the same shit is going on. So then you got the, new, the second civil rights. But, you know, we're not educated. Uh, the Cracker Beast ain't going to give us this information like that in, in their schools. You got to go out here, and we got to study our own, our own history, and we, really the history after studying African history, studying world history, and that's what we have to do so that we can see that this is a game, that the plantation system, the, the slavery system has never ended because, let's be real, capitalism comes about from the institutionalization of the enslavement of our people. So as long as this is a capitalist society, slavery has never ended. And getting back now to the 18, uh, 1960s, 100 years later, you have the Civil Rights Act again, and you have the Voting Rights Act. But guess what? The Civil Rights Act has to be renewed every five years by Congress. And the Voting Rights Act has to be renewed every 20 years by Congress. So at any given moment, when that five-year come up again, or that 20-year come up again, they can say, we're not going to renew it. But it won't you matter know, anyway. A, there's a debate about that. I've been re- I posted that about two or three years ago. Um, when's the next time they're supposed to vote? I'll vote will come up soon. I'll vote will come up uh, next month. Because what I've been told is that that's not true. November. I'll vote come up in November. I was pumping that heavy, and my congressman told me that that's not true. They don't vote on that. Brother, you got like you told me to Google in the Bible Belt. 
Brother, Google, Google in the Civil Rights Act of 1965. It's 1965 and 1964, oh, the Voting Rights oh, yeah, Act. Yeah, I've Googled Google it. I've Google that shit. This is a times. fact. Congress has it every five years, the Civil Rights Act come up for renewal. It's not a law. Every 20 years, the Voting Rights Act has to be renewed. It's not a law. The Civil Rights Bill was passed 1866, April the 9th, even though it was vetoed, the Civil Rights Bill passed over President Johnson's veto, April the 9th, 1866. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. I'm trying to tell you I posted that shit for years. Yeah, King, but you tell yeah. me what somebody said, so I'm just, you know, giving you that advice that you gave to Brother Bourne when it came to verifying on the roof uh, the slogan, Black Lives Matter. You, you know, somebody oh, yeah, tell me, so I'm going to look that up. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. I, I've Googled it a million times. Will black voting rights expire? NetLore Archive forwarded email rumor claims that black voting rights in the U.S. are due to expire along with the voting rights rights. Another Internet hoax made headlines in past few weeks as the new strain media got wind of reaction about the black and white. Huh? What you say? What? What'd she say? That wasn't me speaking. I don't know who that was. I didn't hear it clearly. I didn't hear it clearly at all. Hey, 2007. Two thousand seven was the year. Oh, oh, oh I <laughs> well. Point being, as I mentioned, that's uh, what happened in the nineteen sixties is the second go around. So that lets us know that nothing these motherfuckers put on a piece of paper mean jack shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was saying from the jump. The right that it even have to be on paper that you a fucking human. That makes that solidifies that it's a fucking joke to me. Ashe, and you know the thing about the civil rights movement in the '60s is that it pushed our people into the lie the illusion of integration. That movement of integration really gutted whatever kind of economic base our people had. And Thurgood Marshall was the main black trader involved in that. I told y'all how Thurgood Marshall got world renowned off of attorneys from 
the South fighting them cases on a state level. Brother, since you're going into law, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Attorney at War Automatics? I have heard that name before. I don't know where. I would give a little advice if you don't. I would humbly give some advice. I suggest you go on YouTube and uh, check out some of his lectures. I've heard that name before. And also check Feet on the Ground for when he was on this show. It, It will be very informative for you. I'm saying, listen, actually, brother, uh, the Baba Automatic Attorney at War will be on this Sunday. We'll have a special this Sunday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. We will have the Attorney at War Automatics coming in to give us a little lesson on Labor Day uh, uh, and just African affairs. Come on in. You might be able to get it. We know we're going to let you. Lot for two hours straight on him dropping them jewels. So y'all come on so Sunday. This Sunday. Let me tell y'all something though. When I Google that just now, every site that that will speak about it. Says that it's a hoax. So what's a hoax? About renewing the voting act every so often. Well, the attorney at war can actually give let you know that it's not a hoax. That that's that's why I'm asking. Are you aware of the brother? Oh no, I was no, I was saying that to say that if you try to look for it on the internet, that's what they want you to believe that it's a hoax. Every oh. site that deals with it is saying it's a hoax. That's all I was saying. That they're going the extra mile to make you don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Two constitutional amendments that followed the conclusion of the long bloody U.S. Civil War in 1865 were the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, and the 15th Amendment, which guaranteed the right of all citizens to vote, provided they were male and at least 21. Now, I'm glad you brought up the 13th Amendment because, see, the 13th Amendment was enacted to help the Confederacy in the South. The Confederacy was getting their ass whooped. Right? So Robert E. Lee, with his back against the wall, recommended arming slaves January the 11th. General Lee said it was not only expedient but necessary that the Confederate Army use Negro slaves as soldiers January the 17th. Congress then passes the 13th Amendment, which on ratification abolished slavery in America January 30th. You can see the timeline. Same year. Mm-hmm. Okay, New York Times, Washington, July 20th. Oh, um, brother, just so you know, I'm, I'm reading from uh, Bennett, um, one of the uh, people uh, that the elder Dr. Clark and one of his lectures speak on is his book, Before the Mayflower, A History of the Negro in America. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I had to look on the New York Times to see a credible source. Well, I mean, that you know, they ain't credible always. But uh, New York Times is one of the most racist magazines. And, in fact, when I had brought up uh, 
the meeting that took place in Niagara Falls on April 27, 1909, uh, it was due to an article that came out. Uh, the, the, the article came out in, excuse me, April the 7th. This was in February of that same year that they met up in Niagara Falls, so let me correct myself on that. It was um, April the 27th when the Cracker Beast, who owned the New York Times, last name Ox, come out of Tennessee, who writes a scathing article, you know, he took over the editorial page to actually Wait a paint. minute. Did you say that the Cracker that owns the New York Times lives in Tennessee? Well, that's where he was from. We're talking about 1909 now. Okay. The New York Times has been here for a minute. Yeah. And he I wrote just, a scathing article about that meeting. That's a contradiction right there. Well, it makes sense because, you know, as Dr. Khalid Muhammad uh, brought out from the work that uh, they had did when he was there um, putting together the secret relationship between blacks and Jews, and Dr. Uh, Professor William Mackey, who I always have to thank the Sutra for putting me on to, uh, showed that uh, 75% of all Jews in the South owned <laughs> slaves. And we're being nice with that number. Okay? And then it was a Jew who, um, if you ever saw the movie of Gangs in New York, they don't give his true name, but his name was Belmont. He changed his name to Belmont. All right? His name was Augustus Schoenberg. He came here... He came to New York because New York was one of the main ports of slavery. What I learned from uh, and studying is that I thought that initially, you know, the, uh, our ancestors were brought into the ports in the south. No, they were brought up into the ports up north, New York, New England, Rhode Island, that type of shit. And then our people were brought down to the south. They came in the boat. There's document. I've seen ledgers documenting thousands of slaves coming into New Orleans and into South Carolina. But you got to look at the time period. See what the time period I'm talking about is before the Civil War. I'm talking about the initial port. That's why the stock market in New York is there. That's where we came and was put on auction blocks, and then brought down. Right. You had the Cracker Beach Jew here and them down south. Right there on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. That's where the, I, I watched the documentary on it. This, one of them buildings right there by Wall Street was the fucking place where they bought the slaves and you know put them out to market. But I also know that South Carolina and New Orleans, they was getting them too. By the shipload. I should, I say. But again, we're dealing with the time period. You know, by that time, in the 1800s, slavery is full-blown, and you got poor Cracker Beach trash, well, they were poor in Europe, coming over here by the boatloads. And once they had that war over there in Europe, which was 1688, the glorious revolution that gave forth to the Bill of Rights that we have here, that the Cracker Beach brought here, after that happens, you got slavery is no longer, the enslavement of our people is no longer controlled by their cracker beast bitch mama England. It's now open season. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason they try to act like they're going to shut it down. 
when we begin open season, it's like everybody's going to get richer than us. By the end, you know, after that uh, revolutionary war, as they call it, that bullshit lie, by the end of that, now you got uh, ports throughout the East Coast bringing in our ancestors. You know, uh, a funny thing is that white people really try to use that. Uh, look, see, England, we were mortal. We were the first ones to start stop, you know, stop wanting the slaves to be here. Not taking into account that they cousin, they kept and can over here in America was just getting goddamn super rich. So they had uh, more material. Not taking into account that, that, that they were trying, they were saying, they were looking at this in an empirical way. And not, and not taking into account that they was goddamn me preparing themselves over there to divide up Africa and do it the same goddamn way. Was there anything else you want to put in? Anything? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the back we're gonna get to the back room. Right. We're gonna get to the back room and make sure we get the get this topic right for Slaughterhouse Saturday because I know they only have something they wanted to rock with. No family has something they want to rock with and we're gonna make sure that we bring that out. It seems like we got some um, different things of contention that we want to drop going on in this uh, community. You know what I mean? It seems like people, you know, we're just not, uh, we have to buckle down. That's all. We, you know, we can't tiptoe the line. We got to hold the line. That's the, you know, that's the bottom line. Uh, move forward with your African liberation, you know. Link in, join arms with your brother if you only if you're down for this African liberation. Join arms with your family out there. Um, hub up, group up where you at. Take what you learn here back to your family. You shouldn't be the only one. People in your family should know that you uh, got some type of knowledge about yourself. 
you know, don't be sneaking on the line when your wife sleep, when your husband sleep, boyfriend sleep, girlfriend sleep. No one to lie know if you know a little something. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Make sure everybody's aware that you know a little something. It's good. Um, with that being said, though, uh, do any of the family got anything going on? Like I said, Sunday, we got Bob Automatics coming in at 5 p.m. Eastern. 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, definitely. Black Power. Black Power, mm-hmm. which means I got to study up on labor. <laughs> Real. That's bullshit. Well, labor, you know, he's going to come in and um, give us some background. And you know he's going to take some questions. He's going to deal with the, with the climate of what's going on right now, you know. Oh, but I might be able to get to asking uh, about the other attorney at war. Uh, are we going to really call him that, man? We're going to mm-hmm. really give him that. As I ask him about the alleged other attorney at war, how's going on? Did you get a call? And you know, I, I, it was 30-something that I was told by the other alleged attorney at war. He told me the reason why he don't work with Bob Maddox is Bob Maddox is difficult. He don't like working with a lot of people. But then I know why. He's been around it for a long time. Long enough when you don't work with a lot of people. He don't fuck with traitors. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. When people say a lot of people, they don't mean he don't work with a lot of people. He just don't work with you people. You're a brother be willing to work with all types of people, no problem. Just don't show, you know what I mean? Just don't show no fair way. But we take lessons from, uh, uh, for Elder Ryan here, Mr. Gibson, to get at his feet and let him drop jewels into your lap. Take him home and study him. We have to revisit. We have to revisit that um that that other show that he did with us too, on the where we dealt with the assassination of Colin Muhammad. We we'll definitely have to revisit that one. But with that being said, uh, family, uh, the family got anything to close with, even having a good night, you know what I'm saying? We got, you know, some excellent dialogue, African dialogue, you know what I mean? Um, for the people who were listening in, it might have sounded like we might have been, uh, you know, going back and forth, back and forth, but it was, it was uh, not planned. But the uh, it was well intended to allow Africans to disagree with each other in certain mannerisms and not get to a point where we hate each other and we want to kill each other or we speak to each other in that type of manner where I want to kill you over the disagreement that we're having. You know what I mean? Especially if we profess ourselves to be African, we have to make sure that we get to a point where we can still deal with one another 
like I said, it's a give and take relationship right now. We're still in the early, we're still in the early stages. But there's certain things that we will have to cut. Period. And one of the things is going to be charlatans in the community, race traders, race trading charlatans, leading the people astray. And that's what we're going to, have to deal with. That's coupled with the homosexuals. All of them are saying that they're saying good as one is good as the other. You know, well, um, we have to definitely deal with these two uh, problems that we're having in the community. So, um, Brother Bourne, before you go, I just want to ask the family, uh, which the brother said, um, just to show you that it does have to be renewed. Uh, the Voting Right, the Voting Right Act, in particular, was last renewed in two thousand and six. Mm. Oh. Uh, and I and I go to the brother point of where they want to host us in the believing and know that's not what it is, but it really it is what it is. Well, what it is. We know what we're talking about. No, y'all, you know what y'all crackers doing. You know what you're doing. You ain't slick. Not a little bit. So, uh, thank you for that. We got a nice little, uh, we got a little history on New Orleans. Uh, we do. Um, that we we dealt with so, uh, so much information tonight. And damn, I'm, I'm trying to remember we where we started off at. Me and Brother Maker. Hmm. Cool. It was a very uh, information. But we still strong at the end of the day. You know, feet on the ground. I mean, we're gonna stay grounded. Um, we Africa first, second, and third. If you love Africa, I love you. You know what I mean. Once we get out, of, once once we get out of that zone for the love of Africa, then we're gonna get our, our comfortability zone. So with um, that being said, we like to definitely thank everybody for coming out tonight. Thank everybody on the line, on the callers, on the listeners. For everybody for uh, tuning in to the archives. Check out our archives. You know what I mean, we got a lot of. Um, a lot of different topics, so it's hot and rocking. So we're gonna we're gonna leave out the same way that we come in, you know. And that's what uh praise Nat Turner, Lloyd the Gaudi, Lord of the Spirit of Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Tubman, Glory to Ida B. Wells, Long Live the Spirit of Sister Fanny Lohama. Be before we end. Rock it in the trunk. House nigga too. <laughs>